Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 445, Mario Kart DS. And joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 445 are Darren Gargett. It's a me, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Aaliyah Haydu. I almost got thrown out of an olive garden for this game, but that's a story I'll tell um, a little bit later. Please do. Oh, I will. What's an olive garden? Not uh, an actual one. Uh, cheap chain, chain uh, Italian restaurant. Well, not that cheap. But, nah. yeah. I thought Makes an sense. actual olive garden. No. I was, just, I was uh, just in the olive garden. That would be more romantic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, as far as I know, they don't throw you out of actual olive gardens for playing Mario Kart DS, but I, maybe. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't have that don't experience under my belt. There must be some olive growing places in the US. Shrug. You, you got me. Okay. <laughs> Down south, maybe? California? I don't know. Uh, and also, you've heard him already, it's Mikhail Croder. Waha! There's Wario. Or was it Waluigi? I think it was Wario. Yeah, Wario. Tried to go for Can the you war- do Wario Waluigi? Voice. Yeah, but I didn't uh, listen to his voice clips, but uh, he sounds like a. Waluigi! Something yeah, like more that. Nasally, more nasally. Yeah, more nasally. That's the key. It's all in the nose. So yeah, uh, what is Mario Kart DS? Well, I think everyone knows, but uh, we've been asked to make sure that this is covered off. So it is the fifth entry in Nintendo's cartoon comedy combat kart racing series. That's pretty much all you need to know. Nintendo made it. It was announced in May, May the 11th, 2004. And it was available for the public to play for the first time at the 2005 Game Developers Conference. Shigeru Miyamoto is the general producer and the producer is Hideki Kono, who'd worked on the series before. I think he was the Mario Kart 64 director. And in this case, we have twin directors, Makoto Wada, Yasuyuki Oyagi. Wada uh, is a designer or had been a designer, worked on uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out all the way back on the characters for that game, then worked on Super Punch-Out as a director on the SNES. Pilot Wing 64 was the Nintendo director for that, which we've covered on the show before. Pokemon Stadium and uh, Wii Music as well. Uh, also writes for Animal Crossing series. He's a script leader on the most recent one. Actually, this game was his one and only uh, director credit which is interesting. Um, and yes, similarly, the other director, Yasuyaki Oyagi, also uh, mainly known as a designer, also worked on Super Punch-Out and Pilot Wing 64 uh, and yeah, a lot of uh, N64 and GameCube era stuff into the DS era. So uh, safe hands, but not necessarily experienced directors in the way that uh, yeah, some of the uh, previous games in the series had been handled by, released on the DS in North America, Australia and Europe in November 2005. Curiously, Japan had to wait until December 2005. Korea had to wait until April 2007. I don't know why. Maybe the uh, DS came out later there or something. I'm not sure. Well, they're really good at snaking and they wanted to give us a head start before they come on and because Koreans are the best at all video games. so First mention of snaking. There mm-hmm. it is. There may be more. Uh, weirdly, as we were... Well, I say weirdly because this happens a lot. I know every games journalist listens to Kane and Rince, basically, and follows our schedule. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Ryan Craddock had a piece on Nintendo Life just this week, last Wednesday. Uh, it has been discovered, according to Twitter, Super Mario, at Super Mario Facts, 
if the game is played on the original DS, the old, uh, the clunky grey prototype that came out, um, Mario says Yahoo on the Nintendo logo screen. But if you play it on the DS Lite, DSi, 3DS or Wii U Virtual Console, he says, here we go. That's the one I'm, I'm familiar with. Nobody knows why. But yeah, isn't it funny that that came out as a piece of, uh, as an observation 15 years after the game, just as we we're about to cover it. The, uh, yes, that Wii U Virtual Console version arrived in April in PAL territories and North America 2015. And again, Japan had to wait longer for this May 2016 for some reason. Uh, I don't think too many people downloaded that many DS games for their Wii U, but I, I have a few and this is one of them. Uh, there are definite issues with it, such as the fact that the, uh, well, the Virtual Console edition of Mario Kart DS, this is from Nintendo Life, has now created its own separate series of problems with a lack of local and online multiplayer. As a result, Mario Kart DS rates as one of the most unfaithful Virtual Console recreations currently available within Nintendo's digital catalogue. MKDS does not exactly look flattering on a modern high-definition television when upscaled. To compensate for the heavy amount of pixelation, Nintendo has thrown in a screen-smoothing option, much like the one featured in GBA Virtual Console titles. Uh, So yes, not the optimal way to play it, but there it is. Reviews-wise, it was reviewed by a lot of places, and it has an sort of average of 91 which is sort of consistent with the rest of the series, pretty much. User reviews, Nintendo Life punters, 557 of them have it at 8.9, which is, again, pretty healthy. Sales-wise, this is the third best-selling in the series, with a whopping 23.6 million units sold worldwide. Still behind the Wii version, which we'll cover on our next Mario Kart show with an insane 37.3 million copies. Uh, And if you combine Mario Kart 8 and Deluxe, that has 32 million as well. Our friend Halo Fandango from the forum, literally Mikhail's friend, I believe. Mario Kart DS is a very enjoyable game in a series. Tracks like Rainbow Road, TikTok Clock and Bowser's Castle were standouts for me. When I worked at Nintendo of Europe from 2012 to 2013, I usually had multiplayer shenanigans on Mario Kart 7 at lunchtimes with other staff members, but I would occasionally join in with another group of die-hard Mario Kart DS oh, fans yeah. <laughs> playing multiplayer, and needless to say, I got slaughtered. Still, the multiplayer on this game was awesome fun, and I'd happily give it another go now. So, Mikhail, were you part of that gang? That's where I met uh, Mr. Halo Fandango. I must, I'm not... I'm not certain if he wants his uh, real name to be mentioned. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's definitely part of my history with that game. But uh, my history goes back a little bit further than that with Mario Kart DS. Come to think of it, when I was going back to my history with this game, Mario Kart DS is, I think, the very first handheld game that I ever owned. Because I was never I much of a games. handheld gamer. No? Yeah. Um, but when I worked at Commodore Gaming in 2007 with a small group of people, uh, our boss basically gave everybody a DS Lite with Mario Kart DS as a Christmas present that uh, that Christmas. So yeah, everybody went home Never with a, had a with Christmas a DS. bonus that good. No, no, it was uh, it was really good, very generous, and uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, we we all felt really good about it. And uh, yeah, me especially me and uh, our marketing manager, we were just you know during work when we were sitting there, we we're just like passing 
either his or my DS around like, okay, you know, like doing time trials. Okay, see mm-hmm. if you can beat this one and then shove it shove it to the next desk again. Uh, that's what we what we used to do a lot. And then, you know, shaving 100, 100 seconds off of each other's times on, especially awesome. the, the Super Nintendo tracks in the retro tracks, you know, the... Um, mm. Yeah, the, uh, the flat ones. Exactly, the flat ones. Uh, we were going at th- those ones uh, specifically. And then when I went to apply at Nintendo of Europe, I had my DS with me with uh, Mario Kart and uh, New Super Mario Brothers. And I was just sitting there, you know, waiting for for my turn to, to get interviewed. And of course, it was uh, not, uh, not especially coincidental that I was sitting there with the DS just uh, wailing away my time. So they already took note of, uh, of me being an actual Nintendo player. And yeah. then when I joined there, what uh, Halo Fandango was talking about, that whole part, it was pretty much the habit at uh, Nintendo of Europe that at least twice, but often more, people would have like a full-on tournament at least twice a day um, with eight players in the, on the local area network. That's like perfect, isn't it? That's the dream scenario for, for many of us. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I won't say it's it, it became a nightmare, but... at up until this point, I had been playing Mario Kart as a fun party game, you know, very casually. <laughs> and these these men and women were taking it very mm. seriously to a point where I could I could just I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Oh, really? So wow. you, there's there's always this part about Mario Kart DS where there's a lot of randomness, right? Yeah, or yeah, well, randomness, or well, we, obviously we've gone into this on all our previous Mario Kart yeah. shows, algorithm based shenanigans, if not randomness, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but. If you play a well-balanced Mario Kart game like DS, or as well-balanced as can be within the parameters of that series, you notice that usually, despite all the shenanigans, despite all the randomness, the best players usually end up at the top of the rankings. Absolutely, yes. So that's the case. So I usually couldn't catch up with uh, the best players. Uh, They usually would pick either Donkey Kong or Bowser or Wario and would just take off, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there was one key moment where I was playing uh, Rainbow Road and I knew that track like the back of my hand and I was like power sliding around corners just perfectly till I entered the final corner. I was leading that whole track like three laps. And I got pummeled in that last corner with everything and, you know, got kicked off the, the track, mm-hmm. then put back on there, then kicked off again and Classic like uh, and Mario ended Kart. up very last. And I, I don't I don't typically rage about video games, no, but that no. that really just that was the end for me. Or at least at least I mean, I still played it later with my kids and I played it with some other people quite casually. But I, I dropped out of that whole competitive Mario Kart DS uh, scenario. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm, we'll we'll go into it later. It's interesting that I got to speak to people that were that hardcore, dedicated to Mario Kart DS, and yeah. who like like Halo Fandango was saying, there was a group of people that played Mario Kart Seven, but they were the casuals because the people that mm. were playing Mario Kart DS hardcore, they tried Mario Kart Seven when it came out, but then quickly went back to DS. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Often the case, uh, I mean, there are diehards for each incarnation in the series, mm. and uh, and that's probably true of many gaming series, but it, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, just before recording this, uh, VG247 published an article uh, by uh, Dom Pepiat. A new si- a set of scientific research identifies Dark Souls 3, Fall Guys and Mario Kart as the most stressful experiences you endure whilst gaming. 
Wow. A new study conducted by Bonus Finder in collaboration with sports scientists and competitive gamers discovered that the average player's average heart rate increased the most while playing those games, Dark Souls, Fall Guys and Mario Kart. Very interesting. Uh, and uh, our Josh, he finds Mario Kart yeah, too enraging to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a common thing because, yeah, it's it can be brutally cruel yeah. uh, and unfair yeah. feeling. And normally I can have a laugh and laugh at myself and, you know, oh, okay, oh, somebody else mm. that I'm playing with wins. Who cares? But in that competitive setting, it was, uh, yeah, it really got the better of me and I couldn't deal with that anymore because at that point you actually want to win you know you 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 become hellbent on finally beating those people and yeah, yeah. then when you but get you're not only battling them you're also battling the game's built-in yeah. systems that try to keep every race yeah. close so yeah. in a way it's a it's kind of a a folly to play mario kart quote seriously but um yeah but as we talked about, and no doubt we will again on the future shows, the online sessions that uh, we've enjoyed with Kane and Rince, mainly thanks to Darren over the last year, many, many years now since Mario Kart 8 came out, um, there were always one or two players who were just streets ahead of everyone else and yeah. would always finish first and second. So it is possible, yeah. to, uh, but you have to be on a kind of different level. Definitely. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Leah, Mario Kart DS and you. And me, yes. Uh, so I would have been in uh, early grad school when this came out. And um, I <laughs> I mentioned that I uh, had um, an, an incident <laughs> where I was uh, in a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. So the story behind that is actually it was the first time uh, that I had ever met in person my uh, my friend Elaine, um, who I've mentioned before. Um, so this was the the very first time we we didn't when we had uh, started talking online. Uh, we didn't really realize that like her family and my family lived pretty close. We were both in school at the time. Uh, so right. over a holiday, uh, I, I believe it would have been over the Christmas holiday, based on the timing of when the game came out. Uh, we decided to meet up. And uh, did so at a restaurant not too far from where we both lived uh, when we were both home for that break. And we each brought our DSs and a copy of Mario Kart so that we could play, um, you know, a little uh, a little game while we were waiting to get a table. And when we did, (laughs) uh, there was some yelling and some uh, name calling and the uh, the. (laughs) particular incident that actually um i kind of escalated the highest was uh when we were in a race where she had been in the lead the entire time and uh just at the very end of the race she was just about to cross the finish line and i hit her with a blue shell and drove past her uh and, and finished first so um that is a that is a story that uh sticks with me to this day uh whatever 15 years later and uh yeah so that's that that caused a lot of swearing and uh yes. was a cause for the hostesses at the uh restaurant to give us some very uh quieting looks i guess uh we did not actually get thrown out but uh it i i don't think that yeah. they were especially pleased yeah. with us yeah no i mean that's if it that that was always going to be one of the problems when when mario kart went uh, went handheld mm-hmm. i guess the uh, obviously this was the second handheld incarnation but uh, with all the the cabling and and whatever else that was necessary 
to have the uh, the GBA version hooked up. Uh, it probably didn't. It, it wasn't quite the sort of cultural event that the DS Lite in particular was, where you did have people, uh, adults, playing them in in respectable environments or chain restaurants, whichever. Eh, either one. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I I think this is really the first Mario Kart where, well, no, I, I say that. Uh, the N64 one was really the one where I started to play a lot of multiplayer, but um, this, I think, is is kind of right after that for me. Uh, the, the GameCube version didn't stick very well with me for some reason, and so it, this would have been um, kind of uh, the next level of I played a lot of multiplayer for this. Uh, I played a lot of single player as well. Uh, we'll talk about some of the single player modes in a little bit, mm. but um, yeah. yeah, it... Uh, it it was um as i say the uh the n64 version was probably my if if you want to air quotes my mario kart that was the yeah, one yeah. that that really i got into the most but this was pretty high up there as well yeah quite a pedestrian tale really it, it came out and i bought it there was no um throwing out of olive gardens or you know punching <laughs> well not nearly punching other you know colleagues at work it was just a <laughs> A Mario Kart game that come along with a little dongle that I plugged into my PC, you know. And, oh yes, and the old uh, the the old connector. We'll we'll talk more about that it. later. And, any multiplayer shenanigans though, presumably not locally. My my handheld Mario Kart local experience. I think I, I played a lot of GBA Link Up with some friends at the time. We played a lot of Bomberman yeah. and Mario Kart and stuff like that. Yeah. But played a lot online with this Mario Kart DS because it was it was new and exciting, right? But um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it was just a another Mario Kart to me. There was no. Uh, no tale to be told, unfortunately. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, uh, well, mine I associate with uh, the era that I used to spend most of my spare time in pubs, in a pub in particular, the Constant Service in Brighton. I would have bought this day one for sure. I don't have strong memories of the, the trip to the store or whatever to, to buy the game in this case, but it was, uh, I remember having uh, already you know upgraded to the DS Lite and being very, very much in love, as many people were, with the form factor and the the capabilities of that machine back in the mid two thousands, it was very cool, indeed. Obviously, to have a a new Mario Kart on it was uh, was just it was essential, and it had it, it had to be bought. It had to be attached to the system. I was probably still playing Mario Kart sixty four with uh, with my friend Pete at that point as well in in local multiplayer sessions. But yes, for me, Mario Kart DS, I did play a little bit with online with uh, my friend Simon in Japan I think we had one or two sessions but mainly it was uh, it was sitting at the bar in the constant service and um, I think I I don't remember how much I played other people in there I do have memories of a of a bomberman session but um, but I I just associate this with yeah sitting at the bar playing playing it I'm not sure yeah it may have been as much as anything playing um the single player stuff, but, uh, but there was, there was a Wi-Fi code in the pub in 2005, six. And, uh, I remember hooking my DS up to it. So, so that kind of thing went on and yeah, uh, I did my usual thing of winning all the cups and, uh, playing some of the other modes. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I, I, I don't have a clock on it because the DS didn't do that, but I would imagine it would be the usual, um, you know, many, many tens of hours. Yeah, been back to it a bit for this show on the Wii U, playing it mainly on the gamepad, uh, which suits it a bit better. And uh, it's slightly imperfect. I think the frame rate isn't as smooth as it is on the the original hardware. But uh, but yeah, I was uh, it was it was more enjoyable to go back to than perhaps I was expecting. More as we continue, as I'm sure memories return to us. One of the first things I wanted to talk about 
was actually the the change in logo, the sort of the change in look and feel of the both the packaging and the in-game presentation. I always felt that it felt a little bit more sober and somber compared to previous Mario Karts with their multicolored boxes and bubbly logos and all this kind of thing. It looked like they wanted to make it more like Mario Kart Turismo or something like that. Did anyone else get that vibe? Am I, did it matter to, to anyone? No, I get what you mean. I mean, it's a far cry from the box art of Double Dash. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, it didn't exactly bother me or anything. It, I th- just thought no. it was, was odd, just the white cover with Mario hopping on his uh, on his vehicle. And then that's, yeah, sort of metallic, sort of sleeker looking logo. Yeah. Which they've kind of stuck with a variation of that font, I think, uh, maybe as a, to just move it away slightly in people's minds from the the other Mario game logos. You've got Mario Party and yeah. whatever else. but um, Mario Power Tennis. Yeah, yeah all, the, all the sports games and whatever else. But I just felt across the board, really, the presentation. I know it's a handheld game and they obviously had cartridge space to think about. But um, just the way it was presented always just felt a little bit um, plain to me, just like... The, even the menus had less bounce to them and yeah. like compare, going back to the Super, uh, the Super Nintendo version with the cheeky little drive-by at the beginning and all that kind of stuff, it just there's just not a lot going on. Presentation is more like that of a more standard driving game, right? Like you've yeah. got your checkered flag motifs and your uh, spinning yeah. tires and exhaust pipes and uh, that sort of thing, but in a very yeah. uh, sort of uh, understated sort of way. Uh, this uh, also this and Mario Kart Tour, according to the Super Mario Wiki, are the only Mario Kart games where Lakitu does not start the matches off as a referee. Which again, uh, he turns up, he tells you to go the right way. If you go the wrong way, he picks you up out of the water and stuff like that. But again, it just lost that little bit of cutesy, cartoony personality for me without Lakitu being there, waving, you know, telling you to shoot off at the start of a race. I don't think I even noticed that, to be perfectly honest. I'm usually too focused on getting the boost at the beginning. To, to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, rocket start. Yeah. Fair enough. No, interesting also, yeah, because I, I, just now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not there at the beginning. Yeah. But it's interesting. You, you almost get the impression like they were trying to launch Mario Kart, yeah, in a sort of more mainstream lifestyle-y less in-your-face cartoony kind of way. Tying in with the sort of the vibe of the Nintendo DS at the time. And yeah, all those especially games. when it came out, the Nintendo DS, I mean, it wasn't a sleek lifestyle machine, but they were going for it with the sort of silvery metallic look, right? Yes, and it was the time, again, we, we seem to be sort of heading back that way a little bit with some of the, the Switch's marketing and presentation, but this was at the era of, the first era of uh, brain training and... 42 all-time classics and Nintendogs and all this other kind of, yeah, slightly non-conventional hardcore gaming stuff. And maybe they felt somehow that having a, a the look and feel of this Mario Kart being more like the old SNES versions and, and whatever else would somehow be off-putting to that audience. But yeah, um, but yeah to maybe, me it just felt a little Maybe the old sober. look was, uh, they felt like it was too cartoony and uh, that would mm. turn off a certain fraction of the audience. If you go back f- further, or if you go further, to the Wii, that's where a lot of presentation in the Nintendo games really became sterile with a lot of white backgrounds yeah. and uh, very, very simple menus and all that stuff. Yeah, Sure. And also the naming convention is interesting. So we went from Super Mario Kart, because it was on the Super Nintendo, to Mario Kart 64, 
Then with the next couple, we had games which uh, titles which sort of alluded to the features or content a bit more in Super Circuit and Double Dash. And then for this one, they went back to the this is what system it's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's strange because a lot of DS games had like Deadly Survivor or yeah. Jewel S, you know, just words that began yeah. with DNS. And you think Dragon maybe for Shadow. this one they could, um, I don't know, Drift Snake. There you go. That's the second one. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did they even know snaking was in there though? Yeah. On the plus side, uh, on a technical level, the game runs at 60 frames a second. Mm. Obviously, that's not so different from the uh, the Super Nintendo original. Or, uh, But um, I can't now, off the top of my head, was the GameCube one 30 frames a second? No, I think it, it was, was 60. I think it was 60. Okay. Um, but the N64 game certainly wasn't. No. <laughs> so, Sub 30, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So that, that makes quite a big difference to the to the feel um of of the game uh, the look and feel but how about the the graphics themselves so we've got a mixture of uh, polygons ds level polygons with uh, and i guess early ds really development wise um the machine was still around for another few years after this and this was 2005 so some of the items are polygons but most of them are non animated 2d sprites the characters themselves, I would say, are pretty low poly and a bit of a mixed bag. I think it's something the game, the series kind of has, outside of the, the GameCube version and the more recent versions, has perhaps struggled to get the character of their characters across. But perhaps for me, never more so than this one. Well, just from a pure like um, a visual point of view in terms of like immediacy, like the Mario 64 remake on the DS looks better than this to me. Like the, the Mario Kart DS, it never, even on launch, like struck out as a as a great looking DS title. It just seemed no. like it was just happening in front of you. And it just seems, it, it echoes the GameCube game Double Dash a little bit with its kind of, you know, track style and art style. But even then it doesn't really, I don't know, like the, the DS to me, Always reminds me of like you know if, if you put a PlayStation in your pocket because it's got that kind of style of kind of like pixelated jaggies and kind of that kind of vibe going on without it being yeah. so wobbly. Yeah. But in yeah. Mario Kart, yes, <laughs> nothing ever really grabbed onto me as if it was like, wow, look at this. This is like Nintendo at their best because you know Nintendo are great for pushing their hardware. And um, even like I said, Super Mario sixty four DS did that for me, and that they went and then some because they added like you know new playable characters and new areas and new this and new this. But this just felt like it was just. Again, happening in front of me, and it never, it never really stuck in my mind as like you know the next Mario Kart is like a powerhouse for um mm. for the hardware. I do have to say I was impressed with uh, a lot of the track detail and uh, and track design for uh, a, a, a yeah a modest little handheld system. The GBA game to me stood out as a more appealing game visually. Like mm. it, it seems to have more character. Do you know what I mean? It I seems agree. to have a lot more I Nintendo s- aesthetic to it. I saw a video uh, talking about the the series, and uh, and it was it was it was a yeah perfectly enjoyable and and well and reasonable look back at Mario Kart DS. But um, when it, it, it the 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 guy doing the video sort of said, "Well, yeah, okay, it doesn't look that amazing, but hey, bear in mind that the previous handheld version looked like this, as yeah. if I was supposed to go." Ugh, but actually, I thought, yeah, I like that one better. <laughs> it's, it's, Sorry, bright, it's got brighter colours. It's uh, it, it's got more character. Yeah. So I kind of disagree with this. I, I 
it's not that I think that it's some kind of graphical powerhouse or anything like that, but I I don't think that it needs to be. Like, we all know what these characters look like, right? So, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think that the focus being more on the tracks themselves and less on... So something like, like Mario Kart 8, which obviously we're, we're a ways away from covering, uh, but something... Getting closer. Yeah, something like that is almost too much for me uh, in, when, I'm, uh -huh. when I'm considering, like, you know, the, the fact that I am playing a racing game and I want to be focusing on the track and how my kart is moving. And so, I, I mean, I'm not saying that visuals aren't important, but mm. for me, I think that mm. they're good enough in this case that I, I didn't yeah. see it as a negative. Um especially when, given that, I mean, the console isn't super limited, but it's limited enough that if they had to drop visual fidelity a little bit to get it to that consistent 60 frames and to get it to feel the way yes, it does, then certainly. I prefer that every time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It just, um, I, I absolutely wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't trade um, the, the 60 frames for, for more complex or detailed or or extravagantly animated graphics not in this case just, anyway like i, I mean no, some games yeah. some games it, maybe you would but for, for me at least it's in in a kart racer like this where mm. the the reaction time is very important uh i, I mm. think that's that that's where it got yeah. me I, I agree, you know, frames over visuals. Like, yeah, certainly, especially now when I've just got my Series S, I'm realising that frame rate is massively yeah. important. But when you see Donkey Kong's shoulders, he looks like he's wearing some, like, 1970s shoulder pads. You just think, ah, oh, that's not yeah. Donkey Kong. He's Very not low poly, yeah, by, by Monster. I mean, I totally agree. Uh, the the DS's graphics, even though it arrived 10 years later, obviously, it was a handheld, and they always reminded me of, of PS1 graphics, as you say, yeah. without the wobbling. But also, the, there was something about, uh, I don't, if, if you look at the individual colours involved there still seems to be a lot of very bright colors and the ds light screen in particular was a really fine display at the time it obviously low res by modern standards but but back then but there was something about the overall palette that just looked a little more drab compared to previous mario karts maybe mario kart 64 accepted i mean it's quite fun going back to the the, the four Mario Kart 64 tracks on this and actually playing them with a handling that isn't completely insane and <laughs> be uh, a, a draw distance and a frame rate that is actually functional. <laughs> and I love Mario Kart 64. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's strange because I get what you mean. It seems like the colors aren't as bright or saturated yeah. when you think back to this game. But then, you know, when you look at Chip Chip Beach or... Other tracks that have very bright skies and still a lot of uh, color in there. Then, yeah, I don't it's know. It's absolutely fine, and, yeah. and I I have even played this on uh, a forty nine inch four K screen as well on the Wii U just to see. And it's still it's still like obviously you can see it. It kind of looks like the characters have been um, pixelated to protect their identity. That kind's got that yeah. kind of look going on, but it it actually it's fine. Like and it's incredibly functional. Like the, yeah. there's no there's no issues with visibility or or not understanding what's going on at any point. So, yeah. yeah. You, know, you can't underestimate, like, actually, it's having a 3D Mario Kart game on a handheld. It was, oh, you know, yeah. it, it still is, a you know, a thing to behold. Even, like, it's, you know, how many, 22 years? How, many, how, how well is it? 17 years, is it? Or something like that now? I this is, this is, is, this is 15, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's 2020. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good at math. <laughs> Come on. I think I'm also more in, in Leah's camp. Also, maybe because this was my first actual handheld game that I had uh, access to all the time. And yeah, like I said, I think this Mario Kart DS sort of carried, carried on the more involved uh, imaginative track designs of Mario Kart Double Dash mm -hmm. that I'm personally very fond of. And I, I just think it's 
still just super impressive like tracks like the uh, snowy mountaintops uh, and you know that just sort of with the tunnels and how layered they are and air air fortress uh, or airship fortress yeah there's a lot just just a lot going on there in terms of uh, verticality yeah. and, uh, and yeah i think they're you know at least on a technical level mm. on the on that hardware i think there's yeah for, to me it's still kind of impressive one more thing I wanted to talk about on the visual side for now, because it was uh, it was just for this game. It's never been back. Uh, it was kind of pointless, but I kind of loved it. It was the fact that you could doodle a logo to put on all your carts. Yeah, I doodled the same logo that I did on F0GX, which is a, a sort of a grinny, diabolical smiley face with two yellow horns on top of it. <laughs> I actually, I remember, I can't remember who made it possible, but there was a... I think there was a website which would convert small images, PNGs or or, or J, JPEGs or something, and you could upload them to this website. It was a fan thing, and it would convert the image into the grid layout that you needed to copy to get that in the game. And I remember doing that with the, the Brighton Hove Albion crest of the time. So I ended up with that on all my on all my carts, and it, it you hardly ever see it because it's on the front of the cart mainly or the sides, <laughs> which you never look at. You also see it when you're playing uh, land versus other people because then it identifies the other players True. By, with that little emblem. Good point. Yes, so definitely worth it. Yeah. But yeah, customization—it's such a huge thing in games these days the the cosmetic side of things and um but there's no facility to do anything like that in any any of the subsequent mario karts that i can think of yeah you think you can see why they wouldn't bother with that anymore considering that uh people draw all sorts of rude things (laughs) who would do such a thing (laughs) (laughs) remembering leah's cart with a with a lighthouse on the front or whatever <laughs> she claimed it was. Audio-wise, I think uh, it was uh, a sort of natural evolution from Double Dash and sounded consistent. Uh, the composer is uh, Shinobu Nagata. She was uh, then Shinobu Tanaka, unmarried name, pre-marriage. Uh, thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, one thing of note in this version compared to a lot of other versions is that every single track Every single stage at course circuit, whatever you want to call it, has its own music track. There's no all the raceways have this piece of music or all the tracks that look like this have a have this piece of music. All uh, all 32 circuits. And I think possible. I'm not sure about the multiplayer, the, the battle stages, but I think everything has its own piece of music. So that's pretty nice. I don't have any strong memories of the tracks that I didn't already know before I played this game, though. So, you know, there's a remix of the famous title music and there's some there's some new pieces to go with new tracks. But um, actually, maybe I guess the one it's hard to say now because we've replayed a lot of the tracks on 8 and 8DX. So things like TikTok Clock now are very kind of cemented into my head. But did it, any, I guess part of it's the handheld thing. So I, I played a lot of this sitting in a pub. I didn't even have headphones in much of the time, so I wasn't even listening to it. <laughs> Does anyone have any uh, favourite tracks that were that were composed for this, or 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 a, or a feeling for the overall vibe of the OST? Uh, when I think of Mario Kart DS in terms of in terms of music, the first thing that just comes to mind is this, that sort of smooth, jazzy menu theme stuff again, like which is. Uh, it's kind of similar to that in Double Dash. Yeah, and Super Circuit, I think. Yeah, exactly. And 
maybe not so much any individual music compositions, except for maybe the stuff from the retro the retro tracks. Yeah. I definitely have some very vivid memories of certain sound design elements, but uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're talking more about sound effects rather than the music. Well, no, that's, uh, we can bring that in here too For as example, well. TikTok clock what? has a very good rhythm to it, right? Because it's inside a clock. So when you yeah. are racing yeah. around the track, you can hear the, mm-hmm. the ticking of the clock to the music. That sticks out to me. Yeah. yeah. And the pinball stuff on, yeah, on Waluigi. Yeah, that's pinball. what I wanted exactly, to mention. Yeah. Like yeah. all the sound effects in there, even like the uh, the roulette effect of item boxes changes uh, in Waluigi's yeah. pinball. First track, time yeah. they'd sort of played around with that, which is something we've seen in eight with the addition of Animal Crossing and Zelda tracks, mm. yeah. where yeah. they have actually changed items. Uh, we'll get onto characters. This is also the first Mario Kart game that has a kind of non-Mario character in it as well, which yeah broke the uh, broke the broke that particular barrier. Um, yeah, sound-wise, audio-wise, the audio scape is uh, exactly like going back uh, now. It still sounds. I think this game and maybe Double Dash before it set the template for everything that would come after. Uh, everyone's got probably not as many here, but every, every character's got sound samples for when you pass them or when they do stuff. Um, there's you know there's more speech than there was in in say the MK uh, in, the, in the N64 version. And yeah, most of the sound effects I think have been retained. Obviously, some of them are classic Mario sound anyway, but um, but things like the sound of the uh, the blue shell and stuff is all kind of locked in from this point. Yeah, it's, it's all very familiar. It sounds a bit, you know, tinny because of the hardware. And I guess if you put headphones in, you get the yeah. quality from the headphones mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's um, it's just again, like much like the aesthetic visuals, it's just it's just another Mario Kart game. And it's either you like it or you don't. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's not. There's nothing like you don't turn it on and go, oh, this sounds awful. But then there's nothing really that sticks out as like an earworm for me in this game in particular. But, you know, it, it's, it's doing its job and, um, you know, it, there's not much for me personally, too much to say about from a, a you know, music and audio point of view. It burbles away pleasantly enough. Yeah, and, yeah it's uh, nice. Uh, yeah, stuff like the audio alerts for when a shell is on your tailpipe and things like that. It all, uh, all functions in that respect. Um, there's probably a lot of stuff that we might call invisible that's working really hard with this game to make it more fun than it would be if a different developer had handled it. Stuff like that. DS-wise, so obviously it was an early DS game. So I think they, by and large, they resisted the temptation to over overdo it with the DS stuff. Uh, there was no um, beepy horn on the on the second screen, I don't think. I'm disappointed that uh, you couldn't blow the squid ink off the screen. Yeah, see, I, all that stuff was in my head as in like it was true, but it must have been the 3DS one that introduced all that stuff. Oh, right. Gosh, yeah, okay. So really, the second screen is either a traditional course map, static with just kind of heads going around showing you where everyone is, but much more useful and I think by default is effectively a top-down version of the game on the screen below, which you can actually use when you're inked by the new the new power-up, the, the, the blooper. Um, you can actually play on the top down map. It's that it's that sort of accurate to what's going on. Yeah. You can see who's behind you uh, without having to risk, you know, flicking the camera. Um, so it's actually, I think, uh, it's probably ab- about as far as they went with it and quite sensible. Yeah, you can also see what uh, opponents are holding which items. Mm. And if there's if there is, uh, it, it shows the. Um 
uh, hazards that have been dropped by other players. So if yeah. you have a shell coming for you, I mean, if you have a blue shell coming for you, there's not a whole lot you can do except go, <laughs> oh, beans. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually found this really useful uh, doing some of the mission mode stuff, um, yeah. like looking when you have to like look for coins or um, yeah. item boxes or that kind of thing. I, I found it really helpful for that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Shortcuts as well. Uh, yes. It gives, gives some of them away. Incidentally, there is something you can do when a blue shell is coming after you. But this game more does on that allow in the mechanics. You. Yeah, it later. does allow yeah. you to, uh, but only only if you're, you know, if you if everything comes together. If you play uh, Mario Kart every work week at least two times a day, <laughs> yeah, then you yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's well. We'll come on to it. We're, we're getting there. I just one one more th- feature I wanted to mention is, and I don't really know how this uh, this manifested, but apparently you could reinflate your balloons with the microphone on the battle modes. I didn't really do a whole lot of the battle mode, but no, um, same. Yeah, does that does that was it was it not infinite lives then? You just keep re blowing up your balloons. I watched a video today. It was. What was it? The more balloons you have, no, the less balloons you have out, the better items you get, right? So if you've got one balloon on your back of your car, you get better items. But the risk Ooh. is that you, you get knocked out quicker. So ah. if you have three balloons, there's more security, but you get less powerful items. You get that's green how, shells and bananas, right? Yeah, that's how I heard it. Huh. Well, there you go. Every day's a school day on Kane and Rince. <laughs> well, let's get into the gameplay then. It's the main thing, the main difference, some might say. Yes, there's a rocket start as usual. It's, uh, it's a pretty easy one to get. It's the same as on the on eight, actually, isn't it? In the sense that it's you simply press the accelerator when the two hits, that will get you get you the rocket start. Uh, for what it's worth, because it just means everyone starts catching up with you quicker. But <laughs> going from good. different versions of Mario Kart to different yes. versions, it's uh, such a, such yeah. a, such tri- so tricky to figure out what was the timing on this one. Totally. Double dash had uh, you had to hit it when the two was fading away, for example. That's right. You know, it's the difference between the um, difficulties. 50cc, like none of the CPU did it. On 150cc, it was like all of them did it apart from me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the timing was off. I was like, this isn't this isn't working because I've been playing a lot of 8 and you know, other games. And I was just thinking, am I just getting it wrong? Or obviously I am, but I just don't understand. And once it clicked, you know, it does obviously click. But I, I hadn't really realized that they changed the timings between the games until oh, it yeah. started failing on this one. Always. They always, uh, pretty much, they muck around with it to annoy you. Slipstreaming is now a thing. Drafting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think Mario Kart 64 had some element of this, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't as pronounced and it didn't have a like a whole graphical effect in this. In this case, if you draft long enough, you actually kind of get a full blown boost, which allows you to kind of smash people out the way and stuff. Uh, and that's a feature which was kind of added for this game and has been retained in every version since, suggesting people like it. It's difficult to get, I found, um, mm-hmm. because you have to be in the correct position for long enough to set it off, which is only a couple of seconds. I, I don't know exactly what the timing is, yeah. but it's long enough that, especially on higher difficulties, you're probably not going to be able to make a whole lot of use out of it. Mm. Or at least I couldn't. I'm sure but people who are better at the game could. You get an initial kind of 
pull, don't you? If you're behind the character for a little bit, you get kind of a a boost, so to speak, but it doesn't trigger until you're there for like a good two or three seconds. But you yeah. do get like an initial kind of pull if you stand mm. behind, to say Donkey Kong for a bit, or stand behind, drive behind him. You get yeah, sucked like, in, as it were. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to keep it going, though, like, like you say, Leah, on the high difficulties, because it's it's moving so quick that you don't really have the opportunity to, um, you know, to do it, because everyone's all hopping around and, you know, just bending around all the mm. corners. There's no real stretches to do it in, <laughs> other than, I can't really think of any levels where I managed to pull it off. Maybe a Bowser's Castle, because they're quite right ankly, aren't they? But, um, yeah, it's quite a tricky one to pull off. But satisfying when you do. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's, it is one of those things. Like, I'm glad they kept it in for, you know, from this point onwards, because it is, it's just an extra thing, isn't it, to feel satisfied by. And it's, you actually feel like you're, you're, um, you're achieving something without really doing much, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, it's decent. I like it. Um, I feel like the CPU get it way more than they, either it's rubber banding or it's their, their drafting behind me. But I feel like they get it a lot more than what I ever get it on them. And yes, so the first game to, well, uh, I guess the series has always dabbled with a kind of, some kind of cornering and shoulder button shenanigans. We talked, obviously, at some length about the way it feels in each of the previous games that we've played. Again, a bit like with the uh, Rocket Start, the the way that the cornering feels up to this point was different in pretty much every game. Mm. Now, this is, of course, the last game in the series that is digital controls, yeah. which obviously makes a difference uh, to this. However, it doesn't, it doesn't in the sense that, so if you think back to Mario Kart 64, it was all about rocking the stick left to right as you went round corners while uh, holding the shoulder button. The GameCube uh, kind of made it a bit, a bit less, uh, a a bit less of a high skill ceiling to actually pull it off, I guess. Yeah, but it was still rocking back and forth on the stick. No hop, though. In the game. No, no, hop. Hop. no yeah. hop on the GameCube. The hop is back here. There's only two levels of uh, corner boost, but you can activate it, especially if the the, ca- the carts have all got multiple stats. And if they've got a low drift stat, I think it is, you can activate the drift very quickly uh, by tapping left, right, left, right on the D-pad or right, left, right, left, depending on which way you're going around the corner. And you get the boost on on the uh, on the blue f- no on the red flame on the red flame yeah <laughs> it changes from version to version that as well and yes so normally for regular play against your pals or the AI you get a nice little speed boost and we'll talk more about how this can be abused uh, in the online section of the game because I think it's more relevant there but um, but in terms of Again, setting the agenda for Mario Kart Wii, Mario Kart 7 and Mario Kart 8. This, other than it being digital rather than analog, pretty much kind of locked in the feel for cornering. I think so, yeah. But um, after this, the Mario Kart games didn't have the rocking the D-pad or the stick back and forth anymore, right? The, it was just uh, sliding around a corner and wait until yes, you hit that, uh, hit that yellow or blue spark or whatever it is that gives you the mini boost. Yeah. yeah, so there is still a tweak. But in terms of actually how it just how the carts feel to go around a corner, I would say this is close. Double Dash and uh, Mario Kart Wii and then 8, etc. 7 and 8 feel more in line i think there's something that feels yeah. different about mario kart ds and it's not just mm. it's not just the digital handling but it's mm. also i think the track the, the carts the vehicles feel less slippery on the tracks they feel more like they're anchored to the road do you think okay i think how so yeah you, darren leah how do you feel about that in terms of the actual hopping in the draft uh, drifting sorry i found 
if you took a wider drift to start off with, you're going to like hit the apex better in this game rather than the later ones. I don't know if that lines up with what Mikhail was saying, but like I yeah. found that if, if I was to drift around a very tight corner, I was able to do it in other Mario Kart games. But in this one, I felt like I had to kind of, again, hit, hit the apex and go in from a wider angle and come yeah. in harsher. So yeah, I, I think maybe if you said something that I haven't thought about, I think the carts are probably nailed, well, not nailed, but you know, <laughs> on the ground, there's more gravity in this game than the other ones because in the later games and the and the ones before this, I could just drift around every corner. Like, yeah. And I could use the left, right, left, right to kind of manipulate and tighten the corner. Whereas in this one, not so yeah. much. I think I agree. I, th- I think if you didn't, don't hit that apex of a drift, it's so easy to slide out of the out of the the other side of the track, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I noticed it on Baby Park of all things, where it's just yeah. like you know whizzing around. Yeah, it, you know. I, I get what you're saying. Actually, yeah. yeah. There's a um, one of the I was I was running through some of the mission mode stuff this morning, and um, there is one. It's like one of the last ones that you can do. One of the last ones to unlock. And it's, you have to get, I think it's 14 boosts in one lap. I swear to God, that was the last (laughs) one that I finished. And I did that like repeatedly to the point where like my thumb is sore from, you know, trying to do the boost with the, with um, my left hand. But um, yeah, it, uh, it is definitely, or at least I found it to be tricky to get the, to get kind of the feel of each specific corner down mm. uh, if you are trying to get that boost around the corner. Because, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is very easy to kind of, if you don't hit it early enough, to kind of slide out the other, to, to make the, yeah. the turn too wide. Exactly, yeah. And interesting you mentioned that mission. That's probably the one where a lot of people picked up snaking from. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I, honestly, playing Mario Kart DS recently, I thought I was just rubbish at it, but it turns out, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of feeling a bit similar and that it's just... It, the handling's maybe a bit off or a bit different to what other Mario Yeah, difference, difference, yeah, I would say, different. yeah. 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 Also, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of, since we're talking about uh, like gameplay stuff, um, I, I'm kind of interested to hear uh, what you guys have to think about this. I uh, have been doing some replaying of, of Mario Kart DS recently on my 3DS, uh, which is actually a 3DS XL. And um, I find that it's, it doesn't, it's not very uh, ergonomically sound for my hands. Yeah. Just okay. and and I feel like it's almost that my hands aren't. I, well, I have very small hands, but but um, it. I, I don't know that it would make it any better if my hands were bigger. Like it's the shoulder buttons on the DS that are giving me trouble. Like trying to mm. kind of mm. do the claw to hold the shoulder button and the <laughs> acceleration at the same time. So I don't mm. know if that's just a me thing because I have small hands, or if mm. that's if it gets worse if your hands are actually bigger. I thought I would have thought the DS Lite would have been tailor made. Uh, well, I'm, I'm playing on the XL. That's the thing. I don't. I don't oh. know. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember any issues with my old DS Lite. For my, I've quite long, slender fingers. Yeah, I just played it this. I just played it this afternoon on my old DS Lite. Yeah, yeah, it felt quite comfortable. You can you can jam this uh, this car into a 3DS if you want, Uh, or uh, yeah, or play it on the gamepad as I, which is obviously a kind of big, chunkier kind of uh, experience. Maybe it's just me. It's it's fine. Yeah, no, but hand size does make a difference, right? And then you're also talking about playing on an XL, so yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, yeah, obviously they have It's not just you, Leah, it's science. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it it must be. Obviously, they've started making different size phones for different requirements for eyes and hands. And even the, the, obviously, yeah, we had the 
the DSXLs and all this kind of stuff. And the, even the switch, uh, the, the light version is, is, is a little more ergonomically petite, isn't it? Compared to the, the, the yeah. launch switch. Yeah. It's uh, obviously it's impossible to make a, a one size fits all kind of device. Um, and it may just be that because it's, I guess I haven't held a DS since probably soon after I got my 3DS. I can't actually remember what it's like. And I sort of immediately went on from 3DS to XL. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely going to be different for everyone, isn't it? Mm. I was playing on the new 3DS, and I found the D-pad positioning to be a bit off. Uh, mm. You know, the, the intensity that Mario Kart really requires. So I had to use the slide nub, in, you know, the little slidey disc thing. And while it didn't feel as precise as a as a D-pad, so to speak, it was it's just more accessible for my hands. So I definitely struggled. Bit of the old DS hand cramps coming back in that sometimes because you're just giving it death on Mario right. Kart on 150 cc. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just so intense. Like you you fingers held down on the on the accelerate to the point where you get a little impression on your thumb and you mm-hmm. think am i doing this right am i going to break my thumb on my ds i don't really know yeah but yeah the, the, and then just wiggling around the um the slide disky pad thingy whatever they call oh, it yeah. on the 3ds oh yeah it was um i can see why the heart rate thing popped up in the news because yeah <laughs> there's, there's just something yeah. about mario kart in there whether it's <laughs> doesn't matter how friendly it is on the, on the eye it's still evil with its um yeah with its kind of evil's probably a strong word but it does feel like it's <laughs> it's giving you a lot of grief and so my hands on this 3ds I'm thinking yeah they're not feeling very comfortable and uh, I kind of wish I had a controller in my hands to give me a bit more freedom I guess yeah I actually didn't think about uh hooking up is I'm trying to think about what options are available but it might be possible to play the Wii U virtual console version with a pro controller plugged into a Wii remote or something like go around the houses that way uh but anyway Grand Prix wise as I say we've got uh we've got a nice selection of uh 16 new tracks and 16 tracks four from each of the previous four games Set uh, each set split into nitro and retro grand prix. Eight races, uh, characters initially available, each with two carts to choose from. A number of characters and additional carts are also available to unlock. New items have been added, including the blooper squid that squirts ink onto the screens of other players, and the bullet bill that transforms players into a giant fast traveling bullet on autopilot. According to Moby Games, let's uh, let's talk about some of those circuits, new and old. And uh, I would say, looking at the sixteen new ones, I think it's telling that the ones that have come back in subsequent games uh, have done so because I think they're you know memorable and interesting. And there's quite a few of them going back to this game that I pretty much forgotten I'd ever raced around because. They were pretty nondescript, like Peach Gardens. Nice oh, concept. Was, I was but, just about to say Peach Gardens. Yeah, um, and Desert Hills. I think that has come back, but um, in in eight, but it's still a bit of, of a, a bland one. In this one, one it, it feels really tight. In this one, to the point mm. where you know you win. Okay, I'm going to describe a Mario Kart track, but when it goes left and right and up and down a lot yeah, yeah. in the sand, <laughs> it's really hard to get around those corners. And I find yeah. that the, the sand is really punishing. Like Mario Kart 8 does it as well. And, you know, the ones yeah, before it, it you need it a star. The, it has the Angry Sun, though, from Super Mario Bros. 3. Sun, yeah. <laughs> well, which makes it worse. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> of course. How can you say it's bland? Yeah, we've got a new Wario Stadium. Um, Yoshi Falls, I think, looks nicer than it is interesting. 
Um, you got a literal figure eight, but then weirdly, one of the retro tracks that they chose to bring back was uh, the GameCube Luigi circuit, which is also a figure eight. It's just massive as well, that one, isn't it? The GameCube one. It's just so big. Yeah. You just think, what? I mean, I'm sure they had to accommodate for 16 players on a one off, you know, LAN party, but that is just a big old track to be bringing back for this game. Um, mm. It just seems sparse. Any other uh, favorites or courses that you hated to see i know i think there's some fondness for the airship fortress which is a a throwback to super mario brothers 3 waluigi pinball of course yeah it's great like i said before already the uh i like the sort of the snaky drifty mountain uh courses Uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of atmospheric you know especially the one that's covered in snow what is that dk mountain pass or something like that uh dk pass yeah DK Pass, DK pass yeah yeah yeah. So what I found particularly of um, the opposite of a highlight, a low light, I guess, is uh, Shroom Ridge, which is like a yeah. like a Toad's Turnpike wannabe, and it's on the edge of a kind of um, like a cliff <laughs> edge or a mountain. But it just yeah. felt very non-threatening, and I, I, I always like Sunday the tracks drive. where there's, there's yeah. stuff on the on the road. I like that kind of stuff because yeah. it adds an extra element of danger. But this one, I was just like, that's the, that's what I meant. Yeah, I thought I thought it's uh, quite nice and cute and atmospheric. Yeah, I just thought it was quite pedestrian. Like I think the GameCube one was a bit you know more fun because. There was loads of places you could hop over and the, the bridge you could you know, ride the archway if you were, if you were skilled mm. enough. But in this Shroom Ridge, I was just a bit like, yeah, this is a thing that's happening around me. And uh, yeah, it wasn't very wasn't very creative when you compare it to some of the other levels in the, in this game specifically. Like obviously, Waluigi Pinball is is a one off. Like it's just madness. Yeah, you know, but it's fun and creative. Like there are lots of creative tracks in this game. I just thought Shroom Ridge was a bit of a bit of a letdown for me. Yeah, it's it's not a spectacular track or anything, but I quite uh, I quite like just uh, I like the look and feel of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's why I like those toad levels, like toad turnpike and toad highway or whatever, because there's cars on the road. It makes it feel yeah you know, like um like a real place, like, for want of a like mm. you know, a bit of a phrase. Like it looks like there's some there's an atmosphere going on. There's a vibe. Yeah, we're back in the Mushroom Kingdom, but mm. yeah, with this one, I was just a bit like mm, okay. I think it's also true of Delfino Square. To be fair to Delfino, uh, which is you know not a place I have an enormous amount of fondness for, <laughs> but it is quite nice the idea that they would take this this cart Mario Kart touring kind of thing to yeah. this would be the, the 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 leg that was on the island of Delfino and they would mm. convert the the square into a racetrack I quite like that idea yeah I like that and it's uh it's a little bit of the running theme behind the overall track design in Mario Kart DS that you kind of revisit older locations of Mario games in this uh karting universe you know so yeah there's a of course a, a Super Mario Brothers 3 track there's a uh mario Kart or a super mario 64 track the tiktok clock and uh then yeah there's sunshine uh el delfino i hadn't really thought about that i'd yeah. never really made that connection between tiktok clock track yeah. and the it looks mario- it, it has exactly the same uh, same assets of there of, uh, yeah, so, yeah, super uh, mario 64. i just thought it was a random clock uh level yeah. Um, and Luigi's, yeah, Luigi's Mansion, of course. But, Luigi's which I Mansion think in there, yeah. Slightly ruined by the lengthy section of mud where everything slows down. Yeah, for, you need to save some no, mushrooms for that bit. Yeah. And there's some weird trees that are like shimmying from left to right. <laughs> Shimmy <laughs> trees. Very yeah. strange vibe but in that at one. Least, at least there are no yellow bombs in this Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to give a shout out. No, Cheap Cheap Beach, which is... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's... My, my, I love the beach levels because they've always got great music. The SNES one, the mm. N64 one. Yeah. I think Cheap Cheap Beach is probably one of my favourites because it, it has... Especially on the um, on the later versions of the game, I don't want to kind of, you know, ruin the DS version of the of the stage, but, you know, you can go underwater in the underwater, later versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's really creative, that one, and I find it's got a lot of... 
variety you know you start off on the kind of the the, the pier kind of jetty kind of thing and then you go over and you go under and around this kind of dirt yeah. track at the end yeah really good track that one yeah good good little ver- variation in there it's a it's a good mm. thing they bring those back in Lady mario kart games and then sort of uh yeah re repurpose them with uh, the new mechanics in mind yeah definitely yeah i, like, I do like that one good time yeah, so one of the ones that I actually always forget originated here um, because it's been in at least one other game since, and I, I think more mm. than one is uh, Wario mm-hmm. Stadium. Um, yeah. I I just that is a track that for whatever reason has mm. has stuck with me a lot. Pretty big one, but uh, kind of entertaining. Yeah, that one's in Eight Deluxe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and obviously there was the original one that was in '64, but that mm-hmm. was as well as being famously broken. Oh, it was Jesus. also kind of ugly and long, and and uh, it was broken in a, in a number of ways. Of course, I have enormous affection and nostalgia for it, but this was a sort of revisit of the the aesthetic with a track that hopefully works a bit better. I did watch one video, uh, which is uh, I think, yes, is it Son of a Glitch basically goes through all the, the broken bits mm. of games. And this game does seem to have at least, as you'd expect, I suppose, at least as many bits where you can hop off, hop over bits, fall out and whatever. But it never, I don't think uh, has ever quite engendered the same feverish level of um, sort of time attacking and world record breaking that the, the 64 version that did. That was ridiculous. But what is it about the Wario and Waluigi, you know, brothers, I guess? Um, what <laughs> yeah. is it then with them about and stadiums? Like, are they kind of, is that their thing? I don't really understand why they're always in a stadium. Narcissism like, thing? I don't know. Maybe yeah, probably. Just, uh, why not, for one? But also, like, but why? Like, are they like wrestlers or are they... It's sort like, of rough and it's got that sort of speedway, dirt track kind of vibe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps we're overthinking it. And yes. And, and they're not packing out a stadium for Waluigi, I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> no people, are, people are weird sometimes. That's true. It's amazing yeah. what kind of horrendous vile figures can pack out stadiums, isn't it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> so this is although we had the unlockable Super Nintendo tracks in Super Circuit, this was the first game which uh, cemented another uh, staple of the series since, which is one that I'm very glad about, is the inclusion of a selection of tracks from all previous games in the series. So we saw the return of tracks from obviously Super Nintendo N64, GBA and GameCube, one of each in each Shell, banana, leaf, and lightning cups. And yeah, delightful for me, as I say, playing Choco Mountain and Frappe Snowland in particular with with sharper visuals and, and better frame rate and I would say more friendly handling. But also, yeah, seeing the two the old 2D tracks from the SNES kind of rebuilt in some kind of 3D. And uh, and especially for me, um, although of the four GameCube tracks, I think there's only one of them that I was really happy with the inclusion of. It is one of my favourite tracks of all Mario Kart, and that is Yoshi Circuit. Mainly just because, not just because it's a big Yoshi, but just because for whatever reason, as I've said probably on previous, uh, probably on the Double Dash show, the curves of Yoshi make for just a beautiful racetrack yeah. that is really fun to drive around. Yeah, that is that is one of the all timers for me in terms of. Yeah, I think we say every time it appears in the game as well. You know what I mean? But there's a reason why they keep bringing it back because it is. Yeah, it's a stunning classic. Imagine if someone would want to create the perfect racing track with all kinds of curves and everything, and it would end up, and it wouldn't be Yoshi. Nintendo, and it would up with a Yoshi shape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they should so do that in real life for yeah. uh, 
for motorsport. <laughs> I would love to, I would love it. I would get into any motorsport that had a Yoshi circuit for sure. Yeah, That's the one where that um that challenge level was with the, with all the the absurd number of of drifts that oh, you needed to pull yeah, off. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I'm a little bitter towards Yoshi circuit right now. Fair enough. But um overall I do agree. I like the um for for uh, remade tracks or or re purpose tracks mm. the n64 track banshee boardwalk is, yeah. is one of my favorites and again that really benefits from again I, I i advise listeners to go back and listen to our mario kart 64 podcast because i love that game but the handling in that game for banshee boardwalk is just horrendous really it's like a little sli- slippery <laughs> just a tad so here with that we were talking about the grip and this will depend on which car you pick because there are a lot, yeah. lot of vehicles to choose from. But yeah, it's actually possible to go around it and not feel like you're constantly in danger of just sliding off the side of the, <laughs> of the thing. Uh, I suppose it's all, another thing we should mention about these is the GameCube circuits have all been simplified in some way compared to their GameCube. Uh, so the GameCube version was only, what, a year old when this came out, if that? Yeah, a couple of years old. Um, and... It was a yeah. It was a more the GameCube was a more powerful machine than the 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 DS the original DS hardware. So things like on the Mushroom Bridge, you can no longer drive over the uh, the barriers on the bridge at the side. Um, Yoshi Circuit's got a shortcut missing. Baby Park is down to five laps instead of seven. Things like that. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the reason for that is, but. Um, yeah, so there's a few few little compromises there, but as, as I say, from my point of view, the the N64 tracks kind of make up for that because they're arguably enhanced. SNES tracks, uh, Mikhail, you said you enjoyed playing these, so I I do as well from a nostalgia point of view. Yeah. But do you think it's actually? I've 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 felt like this on all the versions where they've done this. Like I have mixed feelings about how they look and perform when. Yeah taken from mode 7 into a modern game engine definitely There's... i don't i don't think they fit in especially well yeah. but they're for for time trials they're just great because right. they're kind yeah. of no nonsense and nothing gets in the way and you know it's just uh it, they're very pure tracks of course yes but they're not the most no exciting gimmicks. to look at in the newer games of course yeah another thing we must talk about is the selection of characters so you start with eight in this one which is i think the same as it was on Mario Kart 64, not the same characters, exactly. Or is it? It's close. Might be. Mario, Luigi, <laughs> Peach, Yoshi, Toad, Donkey Kong, Wario, Bowser. That sounds right to me. I think that's, yeah. the, I think that's right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. four unlockables. Dry Bones. Dry Bones. Yeah, creepy. Yeah. Uh, Daisy, uh, Waluigi. <laughs> Shy Guy is the only one uh, playable. Basically, he's a troll to people who didn't buy the cartridge because you can play the multiplayer uh, with guy. one cart and you get a shy guy that's quite cute but i don't think you can you you can't unlock shy guy no, no. for just regular well that, no. that yeah which kind of that's kind of sad <laughs> luckily you can now play as multicolored shy guys in in the modern versions but yes yeah, so uh, the usual you know you got the usual uh, light medium and heavy weight classes one of the heavy characters is rob robotic operating buddy so this this was where they 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 broke the mold. They included a non-Mushroom Kingdom character. In fact, a character based on a gizmo, a toy. I think he'd probably appeared in as a... Oh, I don't know. Where are we? Were, had he appeared in any form in Smash at this point? Was I he in? think Me- so. He wasn't, uh, no, he wasn't no, in Mario. He, he, he was in Brawl. Yeah, he, he was, was in Brawl. So this is yeah. pre-Brawl, yeah. yeah. So, so this I kind of opened up a new career for, for Rob as well. Yeah. But, um, 
I was again like part of me was like, oh, that's cute. It's Rob, and of course, he, I also associate him with um, Star Fox, where he kind of oh, made an yeah. appearance as he's well. He's also he's not a playable thing in F Zero GX, but he is a giant, you know, kind of um, visual in one of the tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, having him in this DS version, I, I never really got to the point where I unlocked him. I don't think, but when I noticed okay. he was in there, I online you see people playing as him. Yeah, it's it's fine. You know, I'm not going to start getting upset about the um no. the the legacy of Mario Kart characters. Like, if they want to stick a Nintendo oddity in there, that's fine by me. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I'm not that type of person either to get upset about things like that. Yeah. Did people get upset? <laughs> I guess this was pre-social media, so we we probably don't know. So I mean, people forums. get upset over everything. So it's true. Probably yeah. on forums somewhere there's complaints, yeah. but I yeah I don't Can't know. Believe they put Robin Mario Kart outrage. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Pre-order cancelled. <laughs> what if Blue Point remade this game? They'd probably ruin it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with their graphics. Yeah, their goblins. <laughs> no, you know, yeah, it's fine. You know, like why. Why not? You know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed there's not more playable hardware in later Mario Kart games. I'd love to play as a nunchuck. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be great. <laughs> look, actually, a nunchuck would be perfect with a seat where the stick goes there you go. and See, wheels on great the bottom. Again, me. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to talking about the Mercedes DLC when we get to oh Mario God, Kart Oh, God, I 8. forgot about that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I suppose... This is the 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 last game. No, the Wii the Wii's the same as well, I think, isn't it? Um so for, for eight we have and seven, I think, customizable wheels and chassis and all that kind of thing. But this is the one where every character has two carts, a traditional cart and novelty cart. So you've got and things a like cart. So you've got <laughs> Yeah. So you've got like a Waluigi with a JV JBC. J, yeah. J, JB, JBC? That's ridiculous. Uh, and, um, excavator. An excavator. Mushroom in a mushroom. Toad in a mushroom. Luigi in the Poltergust 4000, etc. I et do cetera. not like the look of that, I'll tell you. Like, but, just, no, I'm not, not a fan of that Hoover driving around my choice. Like, people get annoyed about Robin being a playable character. I'm not a fan of Luigi jumping in his Gusto-Matic 3000, whatever it's called, and driving around in it. No, thank you. <laughs> not for me. Like, whenever I play Mario Kart game, I'm so vanilla. Like, when I go into a coffee shop, I just want a black coffee. Like, when I'm playing Mario Kart, I just want a pipe frame go-kart. Right, yeah. Stop messing around with all this I sort stuff of agree, but variety. then... So you don't want to drive around in a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Never. I don't want to drive around in a coconut or a barrel or anything. You were a big fan of Double Dash and its, uh, yeah. its new features and novelties and, and yeah, twin, well, twin I think driver I, setup. I, I compared it back then to uh, something like Wacky Races, right? Yeah. So yeah. did you feel as I believe some did... So, so it seems to me that I'm sure Nintendo's research said some people really, really liked all that. And yeah. a lot of people were really turned off by it. So they kind of, they dialed it back somewhat for this game, back to one driver. Maybe that's partly technical considerations as well, but they've never gone back to the two driver thing. Yeah. But with the novelty carts, well, they kind of doubled down in some senses because the everybody's got one and some of them are completely out there. But also they said, look, if you just want a regular cart, here's your regular carts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, not to say this is like, this game's for children, but whenever I sit Mario Kart 8 down in front of Ivy, she's yeah. always going for the teddy bear one or the one that looks like Princess Peach's carousel. Or right. it, They're there for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, you should, we should have more options to help everyone get involved in video games. Sure, sure we have, but not a Hoover. So there's unlockable <laughs> cards for each character too, though, aren't there? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd forgotten about this because I don't think I did very many of them, but I, I'm looking at a list now, and yeah, you can... Um, I think Donkey Kong has a tank even, right? Uh, I think that's Dry Bones. 
wins. Uh, so yeah, as oh, the, yeah, as the player the wins gold trophies in the hundred CC Nitro Grand Prix, uh, the player unlocks a second exclusive cart for um, each character. Yeah, yeah, gosh, so, yes, yeah. There's a uh, there's a number of uh, yeah. yeah I've um, had a bit of a, uh, I've had a bit of a memory. Right, we're talking about tanks in Mario Kart games. I played Mario Kart VR down in London before COVID happened. Oh yeah, Bowser in a tank is is absolutely massive. <laughs> like the, I the, bet it's it's not really a Mario Kart game. This is a little tangent, by the way. Um. It's not really, it's a Mario Kart game in some respects, but it's not, you know, it's more of a kind of a theme park ride that you imagine, you know, you go for all the best of Mario Kart and everything's massive. Like the size of a bullet bill in Mario Kart VR is just ridiculous. Like the sense of scale they've done, they've obviously exaggerated it for effect, but Bowser in this tank, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't even like a proper VR moment, like, oh my God, look at the size of that airship. It was really, uh, it was really cool. And I forgot all about it until just now. There you go. No, I like that. Yeah. Yep. Mario Kart DS said Moby Games marks the first appearance of ROB, Robotic Operating Buddy, as a playable character. Rob originally appeared as an accessory to the Robot series of games for the NES and has made subsequent non-playable cameo appearances in other games. It's true. We had a, a very brief exchange just before recording on this, uh, and I guess we're never going to have the numbers laid out in front of us, the algorithms, but Darren and I were comparing notes on rubber banding and the AI in this game, something that is, if we're talking about the the stresses and the, the, the mental ruination of playing Mario Kart, one of the things we've talked about in all the previous shows, perhaps still mostly the SNES one as, as being the most <laughs> just unfair and obviously cheaty. My impression of this game, having been back to it a bit and remembering completing it without too much trouble back in 2005-06, was that it wasn't that bad rubber banding wise, particularly compared to some of the other versions. But uh, your impression based on earlier was that you think it is one of the most rubber bandy. Oh, to plan it today, like, I noticed quite visually on the map, the map's probably giving it away for him. Like Donkey Kong was just like, he hit a banana skin and then he was right up behind me within like a couple of seconds. I'm just thinking like... In Mario Kart 64, you could tap the A button to kind of stop you from skidding, right? I kind of missed that. But was Donkey Kong doing it there? Or is it because, I don't know. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was on Shroom Ridge and I was like, first all the way. And he hit a banana skin in second and he was like third. Four. And then he just boosted up right behind me. And I'm just thinking, nah, so nah I, I'm not having this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I actually agree with Leon because I, I think that the recovery time in general when you hit something is pretty slow. Like it's it's fast to kind of get back on track after you hit a banana right. peel or a bomb or whatever, mm -hmm. which is why it's not as terrible that I can get hit by two blue shells in the space of, you know, a, a, a half a lap and still uh, recover enough to actually um, kind of get back to uh, to where yeah. you, you want to be. Yeah, that's I had some atrocious 150cc uh, experiences today, but that's, that's, kind of, today, yeah. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of par for the course on 150cc yeah. anyway. Yeah, I didn't get back as far as 150, so that's probably where my, uh, that's why I'm thinking it's all very nice and friendly because I'm playing on these stupidly easy levels although uh, there were still some races that i didn't actually finish first in uh, but i was getting gold cup after gold cup uh, yeah was, it's not i was just hard. sitting here in, in the room with the ds on the on the couch 
And my boy uh, sat next to me just laughing at my misfortune uh, from one track after another. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a fairly standard set of power-ups overall uh, with the usual green shells and red shells and three times each. Same with bananas, fake item boxes, golden mushrooms, uh, which I haven't actually seen in recent times because you only get those if, you, <laughs> if you're probably uh, struggling on 150cc. The old star, the lightning, the bob uh, The blooper I just wanted to mention because uh, it doesn't really work against the AI, does it? It's like no, it's the, it kind of makes them move left and right a bit. They slow down slightly and, and steer left and right. But yeah, I mean, this goes back to the Super Nintendo game in that it's not really playing ball when it comes to the single player in, in many ways. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's a complete disadvantage. Um, I'm sure I remember somewhere along the lines like when you get blooper you could blow the ink off the screen or you could scratch to rub the bottom screen to get the ink off quicker or something like that i know the mushrooms do it and like speed boosts get rid of the ink yeah. quicker. i think that was a gimmick that they advertised early but it never made it into the finished game yeah i tried even doing some you know search engine you know keyboard it wasn't what, 3ds wiring. then yeah i think no, it, I, I think know. it's 3ds Oh, man, they may, my, they may have memories. advertised it and then it just didn't come through until the 3DS version, but I, I don't think it was ever a, a DS one. I can't actually remember at this point if the Switch has a microphone in it. <laughs> so does, could you have never tried when I've been playing 8DX to blow into my... Or, or what about 8 on the Wii U? That's got a microphone, hasn't it? Uh, the game yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just remember at some point never Mario tried. Kart games were advertised as, you know, you can get rid of the ink by doing this. And I was just... I was, you think it'd be the DS one, right? Because the yeah. gimmicky nature of the new hardware, you think they'd push it 100%, but it seems like mm. they just didn't. Yeah. Little tiny thing that I really appreciate about the items in this game uh, is that in the prior titles, and I don't know if this is true for all of them, it might not be for the um, for the GameCube one, but since you can actually see what, uh, on, on the uh, map screen, you can see mm. what the characters are picking up, in the prior titles, I at least a couple of them, they didn't actually have to hit a box in order to get an item. They just had to drive by the spot where the boxes were. Yeah. Now, if they hit a box, they get an item. But if they don't hit a box, if they just like miss them when they're driving through, they don't get the item. And I really oh, appreciate good that. good spot. Yeah. That's a good spot. Yeah, good one. Yeah, maybe this is also the point to be talking about uh, the blue shell. Yeah, I was going to say that... Uh, We'll come on to the blue shell. One thing I wanted to mention, which is it's sort of related. This game, compared to, I think, the subsequent games, having a, and possibly even Mario Kart 64, having a tail item, so hanging a banana or a, a green shell out the back or, or a fake item box, as you do by holding uh, left trigger or left uh, shoulder button, does not guarantee you surviving a red shell shot from behind no, in this version if it hits you no. from the side you are still gonna get hit <laughs> exactly which is not the same uh, as uh, as it, as it would become i i don't think however mikhil you can dodge a blue shell you can dodge a blue shell yeah yes yeah i was complaining when i was working at noe about the blue shell and then uh some of those uh hardcore places what are you complaining about you can just dodge it so I tried to figure it out, but it's very, it's not as easy as, oh, you can just dodge a blue shell at any time. It's kind of <laughs> situational. What? Because the competitive rules that they had were 
uh, there was no snaking. It was heavily frowned upon. But uh, yeah, they had this high-level tactic of dodging a blue shell where if you hit a corner and you start sliding around the corner, a blue shell is right on your tail and it slams down. At that moment, when you do a, a, a perfectly timed hop, when the blue shell hits the floor, the impact, you sort of iframe through it. Through huh. the uh, impact explosion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't easy. think I've ever been able to do that. <laughs> yeah, easy. Uh, it was definitely not easy and people got caught by blue shells left or right still. But there were people who uh, you yeah. swear you'd hit them. And uh, yeah, no, they're still speeding and careening along. And I feel like, not to preempt those future podcasts, but I feel like there are still certain uh, amalgamations of situations that can result in the avoidance of a blue shell, but in future games. But I think it's normally to do with shifting position and things like that, isn't it? Rather than actual yeah. skill dodging. Yeah, exactly. And and this is probably also why these uh, hardcore Mario Kart playing colleagues. This was kind of their version, you know. It yeah. was. Uh, it had the most uh, yeah. skill skillful attributes uh, mm. and, and the 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 most. Yeah, mitigating factors to to right. the randomness, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of stuff that keeps that game in people's minds, same yeah. as Smash Brothers Melee, right? Because yeah. there's a lot more, you know, finesse and uh, it just requires more skill. So if you can do it, then therefore yeah. the game in those people's eyes are better than the rest because there's more skill involved. So yeah, yeah. if you can do those maneuvers, then yeah, I, I, I kind of get it. But Yeah, and then if those things get streamlined out in further installments yeah, it right, feels yeah. like yeah it feels like they're playing a lesser game pretty much whereas i dropped this as soon as i got mario kart 7 <laughs> yeah i mean you say that right? but like going back to this and not having a trick system to get a little bit of boost yes. on every jump was it was like well what, what, what do you mean there's no trick system that yeah. it really hurt and uh yeah you because you that i was saying the exact same thing me and my boy when we were playing it today because especially because of the tracks that would return in later installments right where mm. now you're so much used to um, you know, hopping over certain ramps on certain mm. tracks and then doing your little trick and getting yeah. that booster. Yeah, yeah I, I was I, already I instinctively hitting the shoulder button, Absolutely. even though I didn't do Definitely. anything. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's never it's they've never made it difficult. It, ever since they introduced it in the Wii version, it's always just been a case of timing a button press, not even necessarily incredibly well, and uh, and getting the the little boost. But it's just something else to to do. To do, yeah, little animation, little noise that kicks off with it. It's all, yeah. it's all there. Yeah, but yes, not here, not in this game. <laughs> not uh, one thing that is in this game and has never been in a Mario Kart before or since, to many people's chagrin. Is the mission mode? Yeah, this was a highlight for me. On the uh, this is what I wanted from a Mario Kart game before, like in, in the single GameCube, player. I was like, yeah, I want more content to do on my own, like and stuff like this. You know, it gives me shades of Diddy Kong Racing because it's more than just racing, right? And mm. Crash Team Racing also has something similar to this, and that you're not just racing around a course. You've got things to do that involve, you know, thinking beyond the wheel. You know, you've got to get through numbered gates. You've got to do it backwards. You've got to get the coins, and they're hiding them in different corners. And use the map, like Leah said, to find the hidden ones. And yeah, like the mission mode, gutted, it's never happened again. But it was, it's probably my favorite thing about, well, maybe the online mode as well, but this is probably my favorite thing about Mario Kart DS. It's just, it's just good gaming. Surprisingly yeah. enjoyable boss fights, even. Although they use the two hands of eyeballs thing again. They use that far too often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the bullies. I, I like the, uh, the mission mode also. I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for games that, you know, have a main mode, but then maybe kind of tweak their um, their mechanics to give you like a little something extra like that. Smash Brothers has done it a couple of times in different ways also. And, mm. and I, I usually like those. 
So yeah, I I really appreciated this. It, it it's almost I, I think that makes it uh, easier for me personally, who really likes to be able to say that I've completed something. <laughs> um, it's it's you know racing games and fighting games. Uh, you you don't always have something that you can say. I mean, you could say you've completed you know uh, the all of the tracks or all of the battles against all of the characters or whatever. But um, yeah, I I kind of like to have that sense of completion in a game when I can. So. That's something that I liked to be able to kind of check off. Yeah, there was loads of it as well, wasn't there? So there's, is it six six times eight levels plus bosses plus an unlockable seventh world? You know, and the, the missions are quite repetitive. You know, it's like, oh, go through the gates in world one and then go through more gates in world two. But it's all about the tracks they put them on and where they place them as well. It's more than just cause on paper. It's just like, well, I've got to get all the coins again. But they, you know, they mix it up by putting it in different places. And yeah, of course. You use the, use the go-karts in ways that you wouldn't do in a race. You know, you, you end up reversing mm. for a lot of a lot of it to get to them quicker. And, you know, when do you ever really reverse in a Mario Kart race? Hardly ever, unless it's gone really wrong. Yeah, there's there's one where you, uh, it's, it's again, it's in like the, the last, or the like, not the unlockable, but the in, in the sixth group, um, where uh, in the, I think it's in the Bowser's Castle level, where there's like a bridge that you can go across that, that rotates, and you have to go across that rotating bridge backwards. Uh, and that, that one had me for a little while. Um, but, but it's nice because they're all really short. So, you, you know, you're never spending more than, I think the boss fights are like three or four minutes. Um, and you're probably not going to take that much time with them anyway. So, uh, you know, quick, pretty quick restarts, meaning that, you know, you don't get 10 minutes into something and then get frustrated because you, you mess up and have to do it again. It's they're all they're all pretty snappy, which I think is good for a, a mode like gaming. this. Yeah. yeah. The final boss uh, is uh, on level seven nine i guess boss is uh is wiggler on the game on the gamecube mushroom bridge what happens if you win that is there a is it is there a special credit sequence anything to unlock i don't know i can't quite remember i didn't actually unlock the seventh set i no, I, I remember um, it getting tricky i don't know how you do how does it do we know how you do that? Is it do you just have to get really good scores on all the other ones? Because I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah ranks, right? Uh, probably, yeah. Tough. But yeah, plenty of single player content, which is something that going all the way back to the certainly the Mario um N sixty four Mario Kart um was something of a complaint, you know, from people. A lack of things to do beyond just winning the trophies. But then despite people seemingly embracing this, they went back to that from the Wii onwards. But that version sold like 38 million copies. So uh, Mr. Ixalite from the forum says Mario Kart DS is the single most Mario Kart I've ever played. And that's down to one thing, the mission mode. I'm not the kind of guy who will pick up a game to play around for its own sake, but give me a list of arbitrary challenges to chew through and I'm a happy man. And so where the decision to have everything unlocked from the start has made me forego Mario Kart 8 DX entirely, the robust single player content and portable nature meant that I kept booting up Mario Kart DS during the suddenly now more frequent work breaks or daily commutes. In fact, I was so engrossed in this game that during one of said commutes, I was flung backwards onto my back because the bus took a sudden stop and I was too busy having a boss battle with a giant bob on to have properly secured myself. Luckily, both the DS and myself survived without any damages and the incident cemented this as my second favourite kart racer and gave me a lasting lesson in public transport safety. <laughs> nice. Everybody seems to have these handheld Mario Kart stories. Yeah, everybody's got one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 63 missions to that uh, that mode in total. 
Some would say, though, the heart and soul of any Mario Kart is its multiplayer. And uh, so while we couldn't all crowd around a single big screen, the local multiplayer, uh, local wireless uh, supported for up to eight people in Grand Prix versus and battle modes. Time trial ghost data can be shared as well. And DS owners who don't have the game can use download and play to join in Grand Prix. However, you will be lumbered with Shy Guy as if that's a punishment. I don't think it is. Thanks, Moby Games. It makes cute sounds. Chase210 from the forum says, I don't love this game exactly, but this is the very first game I ever played online and with Wi-Fi, no less. We didn't have the internet in my house at this time, so I went to McDonald's specifically Mm. because they advertised free Wi-Fi. It was finicky to get online. The original DS Wi-Fi was kind of clunky, but actually getting online and racing among people against people from across the world, indicated by little national flags and usernames, was insanely cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember the McDonald's thing. A lot, a lot of people were saying they were going to go to the McDonald's to uh, with their DSs. I, I do remember that. I remember my early memories of this before uh, we got a proper router. Was yeah, trying to use that. Dubri, that Nintendo <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi dongle, which was the most pernickety, frustrating. I don't know why it was so like first. First, I, I couldn't get my PC to even recognise what it was. It, yeah. Then you got all this downloading of um, various yeah, firmwares and softwares that you had to run, and then it still just often just wouldn't just didn't work. <laughs> wouldn't, yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. It's so Nintendo. It's so Nintendo. But there was no other option. Like the amount of times I was, I was probably configuring the thing or trying to set it up more than actually playing it sometimes. It's just like, oh, come on. Plug it in, turn it off, turn it back on again. Okay, is it working? Probably. Uh, Yeah, it was, um, it was an Indiana Jones rickety bridge of a, of an add on (laughs) thing. But, you know, you had to have it because Mario Kart for me, the online, you know, when we stopped playing around the telly, Mario Kart 64 being one, you know, the notable one for me playing online with strangers or friends, you know, even with friend codes and all that nonsense. It was just, this is where I spent probably most of my time in Mario Kart DS because it was such a novelty. Yeah, you could do it with the GameCube with tunnel, tunneling software, with yes. Spy and all that, but I never really did that no. as such. Um, no, this here, was, it was kind of, Yeah, it was on, so to speak, and I really, really enjoyed it for the time. And then I just got outclassed and then the new one came along. But yeah, um, really enjoyed the, um, you know, there's just, there's just a kind of an intensity that, other players bring naturally by being on the race course. Do you know what I mean? It's because they're more unpredictable. It just, the, the whole thing just feels more alive. And I've always felt Mario Kart was at its best when you're racing with eight, 12, 16 other, well, 15 other players on the, on the track. Yeah. I loved it on the DS. It was really good. I remember the excitement of coming across uh, players with Japanese flags and names. Just uh, thinking, oh, I'm playing people from the home of Mario Kart. That, that was me, but for Tetris DS. I remember seeing Tetris DS players come on from Japan. Uh, Japan. I was like, yeah, I'm going to turn it off now. I'm just, <laughs> uh, let's just, let's just, I'm going to bed. See ya. Uh, yeah, is, only, um, it was only went up to 100 cc's online to te- for technical limitations. Uh, 12 of the 32 courses were unavailable. I guess they couldn't get them to work nicely. No multiple items. Uh, too many bouncing podaboos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spilled items on the course just disappeared rather than sat there to be used. Uh, you couldn't drag items behind you in the cart. You couldn't uh, interrupt the item roulette and course obstacles like crates or snowballs couldn't be destroyed. So it was kind of stripped back in a way that you wouldn't uh, wouldn't see in, in future versions. I'll, I'm not sure about the Wii version. I'll be interested to look at that, but I don't remem- remember any compromises as such with the online version off the top of my head. 
Oh yes, here we go. <laughs> and that's and that's a, a feature we mentioned right at the top of the show. Your your painted emblem. You could indeed take those online, and uh, and so yeah. I do, was there a, a policing system in the way that there would later be on, say, the Meverse, or could you? I don't, I don't think there were really. Yeah, I don't think really they had the resources for that. So you could see penises everywhere and Hitler stashes. <laughs> penises with Hitler stashes, even. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see you've seen my my, my online <laughs> <Yeah>. logos. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's your clan tag, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, don't say don't say that word. Mm. Good point. <laughs> oh God! Uh, <laughs> producer Hideki Kono remarked that although both Mario Kart DS and the Halo series feature online play, he noted that most of the people who use the feature in Halo games were, quote, hardcore gamers. With Mario Kart DS, Kono wanted everyone to go online and the technology and time is right for that to happen. Unless you yeah, buy the Nintendo well, dongle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Continuing with the tradition of introducing new gameplay mechanics in each Mario Kart game, Mario Kart DS is the first to support up to eight players at the same time with game cartridges. New to the series, the game also includes a single player battle mode, which does not require that there be at least two human participants. Yeah, they allowed AI uh, opponents in those modes, which was not something they'd done before. As the first Mario Kart game for the DS, the developers tested several features that took advantages, uh, advantage of the device's bottom touchscreen. Uh, they considered letting players place items anywhere on the track instead of just behind their carts. That would have been a DS feature, all right. However, the developers found it too confusing because the game already had too many distractions, making it difficult to control where to place items while racing. Good thing, too. Thanks, Wikipedia. So, yeah, there was a, a big old fly in the online ointment when it came to playing people out there in the world. Yeah. It was, I remember, it was the talk of forums very quickly after this game was out there. And it was people sort of saying, why the heck am I getting lapped by people? Like, I'm not bad at Mario Kart and these people keep just zooming past me. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, well, it turns out that the the drift mechanics, especially if you pick the right character and cart, you can drift up tracks in yeah. the middle, pretty much not quite in the middle, but from slightly from left to right. If you've got the thumb dexterity and the timing to execute, you can snake your way to victory. For a lot of people, this kind of broke Mario Kart DS online. As it turns out, I do not have that ability. I can't snake to save my <laughs> life. So, uh, yep, <laughs> this was not a problem for me. Mm. I remember it happening in F Zero GX. Yeah, and you, um, you see some videos of people snaking in that, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, you go so fast that the game physics can't handle it, and the the, the vehicle just takes off, and it just it's in the, it's in the atmosphere of the, of the track. Yeah, so I knew I knew it existed, but I didn't know how to do it, and I still can't do it on the DS one because obviously I, I want to because it's just one of those things like yeah I want to do that and no F Zero GX reputation never suffered from uh, the uh, snaking exploits. No, but that's of right, course it's, it's a all... game that's. Didn't have online. That's right, yeah. yeah. But I think, I, I reckon S0GX is probably the reason or maybe the catalyst for people trying it in other games. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, in, in that game, it's more about pressing the L and R buttons really quickly and rhythm, you know, rhythmically to get the shift, um, the, the, the speed oh, and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the velocity up. But I reckon, you know, the people must have tried it in, you know, games like Mario Kart and gone, actually, it works in this one. Brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah, I never really bothered with trying to snake myself, but... Um, it's also, you know, I don't want to be like 
wiggling the d-pad around like crazy just on a straight and uh, yeah, that sort of stuff and like hit the shoulder buttons like that it, that's just not a comfortable me- way for me to no. play the game it's a completely different game at that point i i yeah. can do it a little bit in yeah. certain areas of certain tracks but yeah I, you have to definitely pick certain specific vehicles for it uh, didn't enjoy it and i didn't want to play yeah. that way i wanted nice, to race yeah. it. so i was my hope was that it would be i don't know it could be fixed server side but it never was and this was before download so although you could get the ds online there was no internal storage so you couldn't download game patches in the way that they added versions 1.1 to the ds uh, game and things like that so we were stuck with it yeah much like wave dashing in melee right it was kind of yeah one of those things it's just there and you have to just deal with it or Either not suck it know, up I mean, or don't yeah. yeah yeah definitely in late 2005 hackers with the help of the homebrew pass me device for the ds were able to successfully implement a hack that would allow them to play the additional 12 tracks in online wi-fi mode this does not only apply to a single device. As long as one person in the game has the hack, all of the players can race on the maps. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Nintendo made no official announcement, uh, well, at least at the time, on the issue. Uh, but, uh, well, it was speculated at the time that it it uh, it would it seemed likely that they'd fix the issue on future Mario Kart DS carts, which which is, of course, an, an option for patching games, which is what they used to do, is just release a new version without saying anything mm. uh, and possibly begin banning hackers from Mario Kart similar to how Bungie did with uh, with Halo 2. That's dating that reference quite a bit from yeah. Moby Games. There's an element of like trespassing or like naughtiness and stuff like that. I remember using Action Replay or uh, I can't remember the other, uh, the Exploder for Goldeneye. We were playing multiplayer on like Dam. <laughs> You're like, we should be playing multiplayer on Dam. Do you know what I mean? But there's just an element of just like, yeah, we're getting away with something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that stuff like that really kind of fascinates me that people are so willing to just break the rules. Do you know what I mean? And just go, yeah, yeah. no, you, you say we can't, but I'm going to find a way to do it. And yeah, good on them thinking about it though like i don't they're not cheating you know it's not like they're getting access Mm. to boosted carts or characters with better stats or anything it's just it's an Mm, extra track so i I mean in that in that situation like i I know that you know nintendo nintendo can't say yes we sanction this but also i doubt that they would really well i don't know it's nintendo they are weird about that kind of stuff sometimes but um but you know i it it seems like something that would not be as high priority to go after and shut down as you know if if they were actually cheating i would assume that the only reason they they took those 12 tracks out of the multiplayer was for technical reasons anyway my guess is that they couldn't get it running at the frame rate that they want you know nintendo's notoriously precious about the experience and the presentation of their games in in that sense so i'm sure they worked it was just that they didn't look as good or feel as good as they wanted to get their game to uh so yeah uh, i guess that might have annoyed or upset them but anyway here we are 15 years later and uh i imagine that the dedicated fan servers that at least up until last year 2019 were still up and running i imagine you can play all the tracks on those for sure uh i don't know how that works i don't know whether i guess you need like a hacked ds and uh, and a particular address to point the Wi-Fi to or something. I don't I know. It's to do with an emulator on the PC. Now that can run as a server, maybe. Uh, again, I don't know. Mm. But the idea that there's someone out there, Nigel, is just like, you know what? I'm going to keep these servers going, boy. You know what I mean? Same yeah. with, um, like, well, a load of games where they close them down. I just mm. think it's just fascinating that people just carry on. And uh, yeah, just I can just... I've got this real kind of fantasy image of, in my head of just some dark basement of just running this Mario Kart server. <laughs> I love it. You it's probably so run good. a Mario Kart DS server on a 
on a calculator. Oh, on a lemon that's yeah. plugged into a <laughs> yeah. toaster. And he has to press the toast down to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, battle mode is also present with eight player support and six. Uh, well, it's not they're not tracks, they're arenas. Uh, it's actually some rather charming arenas, aren't there? There's uh, there's an original Fat DS. Mm. Uh, there's Tart Top, which is your big big old cake, and they've also oh, yeah. brought back Block Four and uh, from N64 and Pipe Plaza from from the GameCube. Two modes: Balloon Battle, the traditional. And Shine Runners. So Balloon Battle is similar to the previous versions of the mode, with the exception that every player starts with only one balloon and five in reserve. Players can have two additional balloons by either holding the select button while standing still to inflate them, or by blowing into the DS's microphone. Shine Runners, however, tasks players to collect shines, so another little sunshine reference. Well, that game is still relatively fresh in the memory, with the winner being the one that has the most. I only played this mode like a couple of times, uh, but I've seen at least one YouTuber, Mario Kart expert, saying that their belief is that Shine Runners was kind of the apex of this kind of mode. And the version that they've used in subsequent games, which is called Coin something. Coin Thief. Coin Thief. Mm, that uh, sounds right. Isn't mechanically as interesting as Shine Runners. I think, I think it goes Shine Runners, Shine Thief and Coin Runners. Maybe that's the order I'm thinking uh-huh. of. They, they, it's okay. kind of the variation of those. Words. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think what he was saying was that it's kind of the DS has elimination, right? So mm. you can get eliminated from this mode, whereas the 8DX modes, they're kind of a bit more family-friendly and that people don't get knocked out and then that's it. You know what I mean? Because like four-player split screen and one of you gets knocked out like a minute in, you know, some kid's going to walk off in a strop or some player, you know yes. what I mean, or some adult. Yeah. So it, the the later version's a bit more, you know, user-friendly and I guess sanitized okay. the words, whereas the, the yeah. DS one and the SNES one and the N64 one, a bit more ruthless and doesn't really Old school. go with the vibe of the, gotcha. the Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I like the battle mode. I've, I've always liked battle mode. And um, it seems to have fallen out of favour with people at the moment. Like, they come back for the um, 8DX and we was like, hey, but no one ever played it. And I'm just like, oh, I, I quite liked it. I, the idea of, again, it's like the mission mode, right? You're using these carts in ways that you're not supposed to be using these carts or intended to use these. Mm. So, you know, you're pressing the A and B button to kind of do tight turns around the corners, you know, and, you know, pulling donuts and just like, you know, using items in different ways. I just think it's fascinating, but no one seems to really gravitate towards it. I don't know if it's just me on the SNES days, but we play battle mode probably more than the racing mode. I know. I often hear this anecdotally, but yeah, it's always been just something that we've done. Me and my friend Pete, who's the guy I play Mario Kart with most. Sometimes when we've just feel like we've done enough racing, we'll just fiddle around with the other modes a bit just to see what mechanics they've brought in or whether they've got any interesting wrinkles to them. But generally, we, we don't persist with them for whatever reason. I wonder reason. if it's like a sibling rivalry thing where you just want to just smash the life out of each other, but in a Mario Kart game. You know what I mean? Instead of racing, it's just like, no, actually, we're going to go head to head and we're just going to fling shells at each other. I wonder if it's just more of a you know brother versus brother thing. Also, same thing as, as Darren, as... I've put so much time into the battle mode uh, on the Super Nintendo version on Super Mario Kart. But I never really... I liked the bob battle as well in Double Dash, but not. I, wouldn't, I wasn't spending a whole lot of time with it. But I've, yeah, I've never really spent much time with battle mode in Mario Kart ever since. Um, oh, 64 had a good one. I, I don't know. I just think it's just fun. Good, good time. Block 4. Donut place, all those good fun ones. And of course, uh, well, 
Mikhail, you mentioned it, the time attack mode and staff ghosts, unlockable staff ghosts. I think, was it Double Dash brought that in first? I forget, maybe. It, I I do quite enjoy racing. There's, I think uh, some of the versions have like two, two, ver- uh, two staff ghost levels, as in you unlock a staff ghost and there's one that is quite doable. And then if you do that one, you then get a like somebody who's ridiculously good. I feel like I've done that on some of the versions of Mario Kart. Um, but yeah, I, I will always, uh, time trial at least, uh, once or twice on every single circuit. And sometimes I get into trying to beat my own times, but I think these, that really thrives with online or, uh, yeah, even better, perhaps if you've got some actual local pals who want to, want to get into that. So was it just those particular tracks Mikhail, you mentioned the the SNES ones, or most of the most uh, mostly those. And yeah. you found that the game had enough, yeah, the the handling and the cart selection and all that, and the character selection, yeah. had enough uh, ver- variety. And to be to be frank, this might have been any any Mario Kart game that were was on a handheld, but yeah, it definitely yeah. supported this uh, sort of uh, obsession and addiction for for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I think personally, for me, I don't really time attack Mario Kart because I don't. Unless it's, you know, Glitchfest 64. Yeah. I don't feel like I've got enough kind of nuance and skill to, you know, squeak every moment out of my cart. I'm more of a wave race kind of 64 time attack where you feel like, you know, if you ducked under a certain rock or, you know, or hit the waves at a certain, you know, um, apex, I guess, or thing, crescendo. Uh, I just think Mario Kart for me isn't personally a, a time attack sort of game. But I yeah, thinking deeper a little bit, I think the handling is kind of interesting in Mario Kart DS uh, in in just how unique it feels. And it's also circumstantial a little bit in that you have to find that person that you get competitive with, you know, yeah, like, course, oh, I yeah. can outdo you. Oh, I can do, I can do this faster yeah, than you did. And then, yeah. One, yeah. one thing I can't remember, did, uh, I, I assume it had uh, unlockable mirror mode? Did it have mirror tracks? DS? I can't I don't remember. No, isn't that weird? That, they must have figured we've got enough tracks as it is already. Yeah, but Double Dash had mirrored. Eight has mirrors. But uh, Double Dash had less tracks, and then maybe they brought it back again. Yeah, hmm. maybe you could just hold it in front of a mirror and then play it back. You could. <laughs> what, a, what a what a silly man. <laughs> He's a very silly person. Alex seventy nine UK from the forum says, "I might go so far as to say that Mario Kart DS is my favourite in the series. The tracks hadn't yet quite reached the gimmicky trickery of later games, and the focus was much more on the skill of racing rather than blind luck. But the most important thing about this game was that it was the first in the series to allow online play. This is the game I bought into wireless internet for. I remember ordering the official Nintendo Wi-Fi dongle and having a right game setting it up." But once it was all working, I and a group of others from a forum I posted on at the time spent weeks every evening playing massive Mario Kart sessions. It was a real sense of community and I loved every minute of it. I kind of drifted away from the series after this game as each subsequent release seemed to move a little further away from what I loved about the game. Simple tracks and purer racing. I look back on this game with a lot of fond memories. But he says that each subsequent release seems to move a little further away mm-hmm. and my kind of pattern with Mario Kart is like traditionally it's one on one off. Like mm. I, I, it seems to be like if they do another one, then I'm like, oh, no, it's not as good as the previous one. Then they do another one after that. I'm like, oh, actually I'm back on board for this one. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, everyone must have a little Mario Kart pattern. It's like Doctor Who's or Fondness. Star Trek films or, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, something like that. Yes, we still have uh, three more to talk about and hopefully by the time we 
get around to doing an 8 and 8DX show, they won't get separate shows, obviously. We'll be thinking about Mario Kart 9, whatever that will be on. Nah, yeah. It's the new Half-Life 3 days. That's never happening. <laughs> be interesting to see. Anyway, uh, we've got a clutch of three-word reviews from Twitter. Follow us there, at Kane and Rince. The King Rocker says, snaking broke it. Tree Smurf says, bring back missions. Andrew Elmore says, hop, drift, snake. And Alex79UK says, my personal favourite. My personal favourite. Very nice. Yeah. Let us wrap up our feelings about Mario Kart DS. I will begin. Not because I'm wildly unenthusiastic. I just think I'm perhaps I've maybe got the least affection. I don't know. Very hard thing to, 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 to measure. But yeah, I am somebody who, although I keep most of the Mario Kart games in my collection, I tend to move on to the latest one whenever that one comes out. I have been back. Obviously, I've been back to the older versions from time to time. But in terms of the one that takes up my thoughts and uh, and any time I have for it, multiplayer and whatever else, it will usually be the latest version. And that did happen with this. Uh, I found Mario Kart 7 kind of, uh, and Wii, which came first, I keep forgetting, um, was, uh, you know, both, we'll, we'll talk about them in depth and, and they both had enough issues, but uh, they both had enough of what I liked about Mario Kart for me to kind of put Mario Kart DS aside. I didn't like immediately like burn my cartridge or anything, but it was, they were of a sufficient quality to distract me and, you know, give me new challenges and, and whatever else. So yeah, when I was coming back to it for, for this show, I was actually thinking, yeah, I'm not going to probably think that much of Mario Kart DS. Uh, I remember it looking a bit plain even at the time and not really inspiring me in terms of atmosphere or, or you know, in, uh, nostalgia in, in the way that some of the earlier games had. But going back to it, it's actually been very enjoyable, uh, even with its dated graphics and, and tech behind it, uh, it. I think it still feels really good to play with its D-pad controls and everything. I'm sure, as I say, if I gone on to the 150 cc from the from the 50s and 100s i'd have i'd have refound the frustration with the the rubber banding ai but that's part of that is part of the mario kart experience um and i definitely beat it all before definitely a shame that they've never brought back uh either designable customizable player logos uh although I, for obvious reasons and also a shame that they've never brought back more of a, a single player focused mode um, I think something like that, or I think what a lot of us have dreamed about since Diddy Kong Racing came out is an adventure mode like like Crash Team Racing had, like Diddy Kong Racing had. And I suppose even the, the Sonic Transform games hasn't quite done that, but they've they've made some effort to make the single player a bit more than just cup after cup after cup after cup. Um, and I think 8DX maybe was an opportunity to do that, but I think maybe for 9 they'll have to think about some more single player content in terms of recommending this game now. I mean, if you've still got a DS or a 3DS, then sure, absolutely. Why not? Uh, but obviously you can't play it online. You just be looking at the single player and by which point I'd say, well, you can play 8DX on the switch and it looks absolutely stunning. And this doesn't really. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was cool at the time. And, uh, but the series and the world has moved on from my point of view. Yeah, so whenever I think about Mario Kart DS in retrospect, the two things stick out to me, online mode 
and mission mode. And I feel like, you know, having the mission mode just not be present in any game since then is just a bit of a kick in the, um, the old gut there. It's just a bit like, oh, come on, give me some more things to do on my own, you know, because not everyone's got the time to spend, you know, getting destroyed online. And uh, that's, yeah, I just feel like mission mode, like, you know, like we said, it just offers different ways to play and I've, I've really enjoyed it because like you say Diddy Kong Racing Crash Team Racing and to a certain extent the Sonic you know sumo games they do a really good job of just making it feel more you know you feel more invested don't you like I'm not saying add an XP bars to Mario Kart game or whatever but I don't know just more stuff to get your teeth to chew on rather than just racing it's uh it helps, you know, like F- we mentioned F-Zero GX, that has a story mode and it's it's really hard. But again, it's it's, it's something there, isn't it? It's something yeah. to do and it's, um you know, it's, it's extra to play. And, uh, you know, I, I really liked Mario Kart DS at the time. I thought it was, you know, a great novelty to have it on a handheld and look, you know, okay, but it ran, it's, it ran really smoothly. But I do feel like it's, you know, it's not massively appealing to the eye and uh, especially, like I said, Donkey Kong shoulders are just, yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Donkey Kong. And whenever they get it wrong, yeah. I just think, oh, now you've lost me. So, like the paper mache version of Donkey Kong. <laughs> Does it even have a quiff? It's more of a triangle. Yeah. Ain't no quiff. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I did like it back in the day. And it, I have, it was on the upswing in terms of up, down, up, down for the series. Because I wasn't a big fan of Double Dash back then. But this kind of came around and went, yeah, they've got it right again. They've got the hop. They've got the one cart, one person in a cart, one thing in a cart. And uh, yeah, it's back to Mario Kart's kind of at its best for the time. But since then, I've, I feel like Mario Kart has, again, gone down and up and down and up. And with the latest one being my personal favourite, it's kind of hard to go back to DS. I was just a bit like, oh, really? Looks just a little bit. But then I played some today and I was enjoying myself. I really yeah. boiled it down to, is it fun or not? And it is. It's Mario Kart fun, but it just hasn't got that presentation. And I think for me... As vain as it sounds, I think the presentation goes a long way and it's just not in this one. Doesn't sound vain. It sounds shallow. <laughs> yeah, it's an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had the exact, I had the exact same thing. Um, yeah, totally. Right. Uh, Leah, was it worth almost getting thrown out of a restaurant for? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, uh, I, I, I don't know, to, to kind of cut to the end, I don't know that I would recommend it now um i i I wouldn't not recommend it because um as as we've said like yeah there's there's a lot of really good stuff that happens in some of the later entries in the series but those entries uh such as mario kart 8 are also a lot more expensive than this game currently is to uh Mm. to find so if you're looking for a handheld uh way to play mario kart then i think you could actually do a lot worse than this um there's also mario kart 7 of course but that doesn't have the mission modes so it it just kind of depends on what you're looking for uh i had a lot of fun with this i like the way it plays a lot uh and and as I've said, I, I do like those mission modes. Um, I, I think that uh, especially if uh, you can't play online, but I assume that the kind of ad hoc stuff still works. So uh, if you, you yep. know, have people that all have DSs and you are interested in playing with them, that's a thing that you can do. So, um, yeah, I I, uh, I would recommend it in, in certain circumstances. So conditionally, if you have a system that it'll play on and uh, you run across a copy, um, I, I actually, I think I had sold my copy because I picked one up for the show and I think I paid all of like $10 for it. So it's uh, it oh. can be had for very reasonable prices and digitally if, if you want to go that way. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily seek it out uh, above other things, but uh, yeah, good game. I liked it. Had fun. Uh, would play more mission modes, please. Mm. Let's finish up with Michiel. Mario Kart DS is not just another Mario Kart 
game for me. It's the Mario Kart game that nearly turned me off on the series as a whole. <laughs> because there's some very grueling experiences uh, in a very competitive setting. Yeah, it's true actually. After I was kind of done with playing Mario Kart uh, with that group of people, I wasn't feeling all that compelled to... I wasn't feeling feeling as excited about uh, new Mario Kart games anymore. Maybe until Mario Kart 8 came along, and that just looked amazing. But, on the other hand, I've had many a great experience with Mario Kart DS, and especially talking about it now and thinking back to it, uh, many a great time was had before I kind of got turned off on it. Yeah, again, with uh, the marketing manager of Commodore Gaming, I remember we were going to a uh, demo scene event in Germany, you know, our colleague had booked a room for us, but it was a double room. So we were pretty much staying in in, in some sort of love room with a heart shaped mirror on the back <laughs> on a in a in a double bed. Perfect. And nice. and my friend, my friend, my colleague would get hammered like crazy. I I didn't I don't tend to drink a lot of alcohol. I don't have the habit, and uh, so I I just don't do that very much. But he was completely drunk off his rocker, and we were back in the hotel. He was we were laying in the same bed, and he was uh, basically. You know, yeah. Oh, let's play. Let's play some Mario Kart time trials right now. So we were doing that, and then you know, of course, I would completely wipe the floor with him. And he was like, "Oh, Crowder, that's just not fair, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm driving drunk here. And that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the places that Mario Kart uh, DS has taken me. Point Break, apparently. Point Break, and the demo scene event. The demo scene event name was actually Breakpoint. So that's very funny Whoa. that you say that. Yeah craziness um so yeah i mean really good times with this one and uh it, it definitely is part of a certain period of my life uh in which i played it a lot and i think it's also very fascinating that uh for a lot of purists it's the it's the best uh, mario kart that has ever been made um yeah i i don't i don't really you know for me that's definitely not the case but you know, I'm not a hardcore Mario Kart player, so mm. I can't really make that uh, informed sort of uh, judgment on the game. But yeah, Mario Kart DS, it's uh, definitely has a place in my life. Yeah, I know. If you if you ever fancy become becoming a serious competitive market uh, or a serious competitive Mario Kart player, maybe that's the game to start with, and then never leave it afterwards. And never leave. Yeah, I must confess. Uh, maybe it's partly. Uh an assumption on uh, an incorrect assumption on my part regarding the the sort of the competitive scene and the time trial scene around this maybe it's absolutely thriving and i've just completely overlooked it in in terms of researching this podcast uh, unfortunately you know limits and time and, and whatever else but um but yeah if you are if you listen to this show as a big mario kart ds fan because i'm sure sometimes these uh podcasts that we do end up in the ears of people who are just always on the lookout for uh, any material, any content relating to an old game that you know probably has been finished with by most games media, um, and you're inspired to tell us about your Mario Kart DS experience, then I would always love to hear about that stuff. Yeah, in in some ways, uh, dedicated scenes to old games uh, are one of the things that I enjoy hearing about the most uh, from games, even though I'm not really part of any of them. I think we always uh, there's always something to be said for that sort of level of dedication and passion uh, when, especially as part of this industry where it still often feels like new big shiny thing, 
must get onto that and then forget yeah. everything else that's ever happened before, which is obviously not what we're <laughs> about on Kane and Rince, but... Anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, much, much the same. Uh, sa- same thing with that Death Jam fight for New York scene that I came across. Yeah, totally. Yeah, great yeah. example. Anyway, uh, yeah, so contact us uh, in the usual places, com slash forum or uh, podcast at com is the email. Imagine that. Twitter at Canarince. But for now, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Darren, Leah, Mikhail, editor Ryan, all of our correspondents, and of course to you for listening. And to tell you that next time, in issue 446, it's steep. (laughs) 